You are listening to Zen and the Art of Triathlon. Well, hey there, all you triathlon studs and studettes. This is Coach Brett with another great episode of Zen and the Art of Triathlon. On this show, we cover a bunch of triathlon news. We have our good buddy, Vinny Tortorich, join us talking about vitamins and how to make a good vitamin and what he's been doing with those lately. It's a cool interview. We not only talk about that, but we start talking about supermodels in the 70s and 80s. (laughs) Kind of a weird tangent. And also, I answer some emails and do that kind of good thing with... uh, with show listeners and then also I have a really good training log with lots of tips on nutrition and intervals and swimming methods and on and on and on. So that's what we've got on tap for today and let's go ahead and get going with some of the triathlon news. Here we go. All right, first off, we've got Kona coming up this weekend. Hopefully, I can get this show out before then because what you need to know is that Torsten Rad has his review of who will probably do what at Kona at the World Championships on tryrating.com. If you go to tryrating.com, there is a huge downloadable PDF with all of the the history, the background, the statistics, the probability um, of the different pro athletes and how they will probably perform. And it's always, it's always this nice PDF where you can pay as much as you want to uh, support Torsten. And what's super cool is my predictions are in there, and I wrote them a little tongue-in-cheek and a little seriously so that... It makes it makes for some really good reading, and Tawny, um, <laughs> Tawny's are in there too, and she wrote me a message saying that they were hilarious. Mine were really really funny, so it's definitely uh, worth checking out so that you can see my take on who's going to win. And I I don't just say who's going to win; I say why, and the why is what's so great. All right. Also, if you <laughs> if you are feeling like you can't get away from people talking about Kona. You are not wrong. I did a search for the word Kona on triathlete.com and it came up with not 10 instances of the word Kona on the, on the front page of that website, not 20, not 30 instances of the word Kona on the front page of that website, but 34 times. And that was a few days ago. It's just absolute saturation of Kona, and um, if you're not feeling absolutely overwhelmed with all the Kona coverage, then you still can get more by heading over to uh, Endurance Radio uh, Podcast, which is Tawny's stuff, and she's doing like a show or two a day, it seems like, with lots of interviews. I saw that I Am Talk also has some interviews with some Kona's, Kona pros, just call them Kona's, Kona Earths out there. So that's pretty good stuff. Um, Let's go ahead and switch over from Kona and talk a little bit about Chattanooga that went down. And I'm sure by now you know all about the winners and such. And uh, Angela Nathan won. And 
Um, I'm trying to line up an interview with her. But the interesting piece of news there is that somebody or some buddies tried to sabotage the course, the bike course, with tax and oil. And it was interesting reading the, um, the thread on it and, you know, people trying to figure out why why would somebody do this who would hate somebody so much and i don't know i was a teenager at one point and it's like i mean yeah maybe somebody does hate the cyclist and that's always that's always you know a valid um theory that um locals are frustrated with all the the um you know an influx of weird people from from far away you're talking about tennessee too and this is Appalachia, pure, pure and driven, and they uh, they don't like other people. And then, um, and I can say that I grew up there. And they uh, did this, you know, to drive people away. But also, uh, a, an entirely valid theory is uh, teenagers and young guys and girls sometimes like to mess with people just for the just before they kick of it, you know, they're like, oh, there's going to be a whole, there's going to be a bike race. Oh, wouldn't that be funny to throw a bunch of thumbtacks out in oil? And then they have a whole bunch of wrecks. Ha ha. And then we can watch it on the news and laugh about it to ourselves because they don't actually know about how much you can get hurt, um, you know, wrecking on your bike. They're just unaware of how bad that is. So playing just pranksters, uh, for lack of a better word, um, could have done that. Um, also, uh, the crew, the volunteers and the, the race production company, local one, uh, behind all that, um, from what I read, did a really good job of uh, mitigating this problem before it got bad and only a few people had issues. So props to them for doing that. And let's see, we have another funny story from the UK and a guy over there, let me see, I've got the article. Oh, no, I don't have the article. Dang it. There's a, uh, a guy over there, I'll link to it on my, on my website, that um, <laughs> he raised money for like a year, you know, from people asking for money, you know, for charity and stuff so that he could do this Iron, along with his Ironman. And then the day of the Ironman, he forgot to wake up on time. He set the snooze button on his alarm and then never woke back up. <laughs> he missed the Iron Man entirely, right? And then, so that's really embarrassing. And he said he was very, very embarrassed. And what do you do if that happens to you? You know, it's like, man, you just got to sit there and take it. Like, oh, what, what can I, what can I do to redeem this? Well, he went out and did an Iron Man all on his own to, to, just to do it, to validate his existence and not be such a horrible person that he forgot to go into the other one. And I think that is so cool. And uh, somebody sent that to me. And I said back to him, I said, man, that's just like the Iron Baby. I missed my first Iron Man because I couldn't make it because my son was born preemie. And he... Um... Hold on, I'm, I'm looking at something real quick. He... Make sure I have it. Yep, I got it. Okay. He, I went and did an Ironman later when I could um, all by myself. So it's definitely an adventure to do one of these things. So props to him for getting that done, even though he missed race day. And it's also, 
yet another example of saying, hey, you know, triathlon is more about fitness and um, the lifestyle, and you don't have to do spend a ton of money on going doing really expensive races to do this kind of thing. You can you can do them on your own and uh, have a really good time and uh, test yourself. Okay, um, in bad news, uh, Michael Phelps got a DUI, and in my notes it says, damn it. And somebody was asking me about that. They were like, why is that so bad? And it's like, well, kids need sports heroes to inspire them, and when they mess up, it's doubly bad. Um, and uh, Phelps is interesting in that he's kind of like a child actor, where this is all he's ever done is the swimming, and... Now he's, even though he's 30 or something like that, he's kind of acting like a teenager or a 20-year-old or a 21-year-old. Um, and, uh, you know, if you don't act stupid when you're young, you just delay it, and then you look stupider when you do it when you're older. Um, but that's that's kind of a thing that happens. So, um, oh, and, I, and then I read he got suspended six months from swimming events. Okay, let's see. Also, I have been on the new Amrita Bars podcast. Has it hit the air yet? I don't know if it's hit the air yet, but I was interviewed the other day for our, with Arshad. He interviewed me about um, Zen and Yard of Triathlon and the history of Zen and Yard of Triathlon and all about what it takes to do the podcast and where I'm at in my life and all this triathlon stuff. And I got to say, I really enjoyed the interview, and it really he really does do a good job of covering um, me and Zentri and um, how it all got to be this way. So if you want a little more background on the host of your show here and how things came to be, definitely stay tuned for um, Amrita Health Foods is where you need to go, amritahealthfoods.com and Amrita Bars on Twitter and see when he publishes that show. I think I'm his first guest. And I helped him, in a way, I kind of helped him get started with his podcast. Everybody needs help in different ways. And I was making up just a short list of podcasts, famous podcasts, that I've helped get started. And um, it includes Rich Roll's podcast, um, Arshad's now, um, The Real Starkowitz, and I think another one, somebody was asking me for, for a help recording. And um, it seems like I'm the guy that helps uh, other people do a podcast because <laughs> I've been doing them for so long. And that's pretty cool. Um, Sunto Ambit 3 is one of our sponsors of our show. And um, somebody emailed me and said the logo on the right side of zentriathlon.com was uh, broken. And I went and fixed that, and it takes you right to the Ambit 3, so you got to check that out. And then also we need to mention um, the Iron Baby, which is my self-supported Ironman, just like this other guy did. I've been doing it for, this will be 10 years, I've done it 9 years, and um, it's to raise money for March of Dimes, which is preemie children, and the whole story is that I... Missed my first Ironman because I was um, at the hospital because, um, a lot earlier than I should have been. Two and a half months early, um, helping take care of of Kai, who, yeah, was born two and a half months preemie. 
and it was quite a scene. It it was really um, horrible, <laughs> and the um, the most I could do was nothing. And the dad is kind of told to to just keep try to keep it together and do what you can and um, stay at your job and keep earning your insurance dollars because this is going to cost a ton of money. And it does. It's like uh, $2,000 a day for two months, two and a half months. You start adding that up. Um, he was in level three NICU. And it's just not something that I ever want to see anybody else have to go through. And uh, March of Dimes raises money to um, help prevent and take care of situations like this. And we also stayed at the Ronald McDonald House a few times, um, which is really just a it's a really nice uh, apartment or, or house um, right next to the hospital for people that are having to come from far away. Um, and we this was in Houston, and Houston has like the second best um, children's hospital in the United States, I think, or something like that. And um, so that's where we were at. And all the all the stuff that was being the nurses were fantastic, and the doctors and Everything was being taken care of um, as much as you could do, but you still couldn't do anything except wait and wait and wait. And there's so many little tiny babies in there um, along with Kai. And Kai actually made it through. And um, one of the things I did to help me, the biggest thing I did to help me cope with it is um, to show I felt really frustrated that I couldn't help um, in, in a more substantial way so I decided that I would do that Ironman that I trained for and didn't do, um, that I would do it on my own uh, to show how much um, I would try if somebody would give me something physical to do, <laughs> that this is how hard I would try. And it was so hard. It easily took me 17 hours. And I um, was out there by myself. And I live blogged the whole thing from my sidekick phone on blogger or blogspot.com. Uh, and it was quite the experience. So this has been going on for 10 years, uh, now 10 years. And you are invited to come do the Iron Baby. A few people have done it with me um, all the way through. Tons of people have done parts of it. So it's a full Ironman distance race. And I think this year we're going to do a lake swim and then we do four loops on the bike and then nine loops on the run and it's self-supported and you can do as much of it or as little of it as you want. You can go to zentrathlon.com slash ironbaby and find out more about it. And I want you to contact me at texafornia at gmail.com if you want to take part in it. The more people, the better. And again, you can do like you know, part of the swim or none of the swim and one loop on the bike and then wait a while and do like, um, uh, a couple loops on the run or you can do nothing but run. Um, and you run half of it or, um, you can do the entire bike and then a couple loops on the run. You can do the swim and then the bike because your knees hurt and you don't want to run. doesn't matter to me at all. It's free it's cool, and it's in College Station, Texas, and it's on October 9th. It's on a Sunday. So we have Saturday to go over the course with everybody. So that'll be super cool. All right, let's do the interview with Vinny Tortorich and then come back to donations. How about that? Here is Vinny, my good buddy, very famous guy, very much a bad ass athlete he's done so much uh, really cool stuff and he's an inspiration to so many people and he's also really wildly entertaining 
and we have a good time. So let's get started with Venom. Here we go. Yeah. Hey, what's going on? Hang on, Brett. Yeah, I do, honey. I'm good. All right, Brett, you there? Yeah, I'm here, man. How you doing? How's, how's it going, man? I'm doing good. I've got, I got the recorder kicked on already. As soon as you call, it goes, Vinny Tortorich is calling. Record. <laughs> uh, you don't want to miss any of this no. greatness, right? That, that, yeah. No, yeah, I was I actually it. just listening to you um, and Anna talking about uh, drinking water and football practice in Louisiana. Yeah. yeah. And I, I have no idea because people always say, you were talking about, and I went, really? Yeah. I, I, said, I said that because I don't remember anything I say on that damn show. <laughs> well, y'all were talking about... Um, well, you were saying back when you played that uh, that you would play offense, defense, and special teams, and uh, that you took water breaks when they came up, right? Right. And right. then, uh, but then you were at some, or your your nephew or your cousin or something like that was at some game. And the referee called a water break, an emergency water oh, yeah, break yeah, for yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my uh, my younger brother. You know, we all played football. Yeah. Um, except my older brother. Three of us played ball. Uh, two of us were pretty good at it. Um, uh, I went on. You know, I went on to a D one school to play college ball. So obviously, I was good enough to do that. Yeah. So obviously, you were the and, best. <laughs> no, actually, my younger brother yeah. was the best. Oh, oh, really? oh my God. He, yeah. And he ended up not playing any college ball. I think he played like one season. Yeah. And just he didn't like it anymore. He uh, I, we, he was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, he, he. And we played back in a day where you just didn't even get water. And I played on a team where I played offense, defense, and all special teams. Right. Um, if I went into a game weighing 215, I would come out of the game weighing, you know, like somewhere around, you know, 200 or 202. Yeah. I would literally lose 10, 12 pounds of water per game. People have a hard time understanding, if they're not from here, this part of the country, how hot it really is and how much you sweat down here. Oh, it's just god-awful. Yeah. I mean— you know, people, it gets to 115 out here. You know, we've had some heat waves towards the uh, end of the summer. Yeah. And um, we we had some heat waves that hit 115, 118. People were like, yeah. oh, my God. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> I can remember some 95-degree days with 100% humidity. Yeah. And you walk out the front door, and you're on the front porch, and your knees buckle. Yeah, because there's, there's nowhere for the sweat to go. The air's already saturated. It's not going to go. Yeah. It. You can't shed the heat. Yeah. Now, speaking of that, Brett, yeah. I had uh, two guys. Let me see if I can pull it up here. I had a Twitter, a guy, you know, these two guys uh, contacted me, Tom and this other guy. I don't want to give their last names because I didn't get permission to use their names. But these two guys went to do uh, a race a while back, like a week or two ago. But uh -huh. they, they, they did it in SNG. And they had called me ahead of time, you know, like months and months ahead of time, so that they could get ready to do it in SNG style, meaning yeah. no sugars, no grains. And the one guy, Tom, let me see if I can find the tweet. I'm going back to yesterday, which is a thousand tweets ago. <laughs> uh, see if I can find this. Um, oh, okay, he he was just writing. He wrote about me in his blog. 
Right. So, of course, I went and read the blog, and he did finish the 24, you know, 100 miles in under 24 hours, and wow. he did it with no sugars and no grains. And that was all great. Yeah. But he had cramps early on. Yeah. Um, somewhere between, I want to say, the ninth hour and 12th hour of being out there. <laughs> I like, I like how only an ultra running is that early on. <laughs> yeah. Ninth, yeah. 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 You know, most people would have been dead. <laughs> But this guy, Tom, um, yeah. I don't even know. I, I'm looking at his last name. I don't even know how to pronounce it. He he had trouble getting, he was getting, you know, calf cramps. Yeah. So I kept reading his blog. You know, all, these guys write blogs, these, you know, just terrific blogs, and they're very detailed because God, God forbid you leave one second or one breath out when you write about these things. And right. He said that um, he was taking six to eight, you know, like electrolyte salt tablet type things, you know, like salt stick or one of those. I think he was taking S caps yeah. to be exact. And as his cramps came on, he started taking more of them. Yeah. And I wrote to him and you know, I tweeted him back and said, dude, send me an email. Yeah. Now, let me ask you, do you know why he was cramping up? Uh, Can you figure it out? Well, he was running nine hours. And he's obviously pretty good to do it under 24 hours. Right. So, so yeah, he, he, he's not a first timer. Yeah. Right about so, that. um, usually cramping, I, I like the theory that cramping comes, there's two reasons. Um, you, you've trained too much and too hard, too close to the race, right? So your muscles are actually kind of sore and now you're going race pace. That's that could a happen. That's a really classic way to get cramps, and people tend to blame that on nutrition or water or electrolytes when that has nothing yeah. to do with it. And um, then the other one is I think um, that water, even though we were making fun of how far you, you could go, you don't need that much water. But yeah. it's hot, right? So you're saying this is, pro this is probably somewhere in the United States. Uh, it, it was a hot. Oh, oh, I didn't give you that information. Yeah. Let me add that in. Uh, it was hotter than usual. It was a high humidity day with, I think, eighty-five degrees heat. It was almost a hundred percent humidity. Oh man, yeah, you got to drink yeah. a ton of water with that stuff. Yeah, but when yeah, th that's the problem. He was yeah. losing salt. He was losing sweat. He was losing water from his uh -huh. body at an alarming rate. Yeah, which was bringing. You know, when you have less water, you have more salt. Right. Right, and your blood. Yeah, you don't and then need he to was up the adding, salt concentrate that much. Exactly. And when people see salt in their hat or in their shorts, you know, you start seeing it on your arms. Oh, yeah, you yeah. Know, oh, they think that they're um, losing salt. It's taking more salt. Yeah, they think they're losing salt when actually the body's trying to get rid of salt at that point. It's getting rid of, yeah, it's getting rid of the, the yeah. too much salt. And yeah, these guys are taking all more. Over you. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, here's a guy that's been doing these events for years. Yeah. And was going, wait a minute, I don't know, you know, why this started happening to me. It's like, well, because you were taking too much of a good thing. Yeah. You yeah. know, you were making, you, you were causing yourself to become more dehydrated, not yeah. less. Yeah. I, I, um, I, I got an email earlier today from a service that was reminding people that they do this. Um, but you could, I mean, people should know this, uh, their sweat rate. Like you go out and exercise for a few hours and uh weigh yourself before and after naked and yeah. then uh and then you you got an idea of of like at least somewhere in the ballpark of how much water you're losing per hour and you don't need to replace it all but you need to just know like that 
you know, if you're going to be out there three or four hours, how many liters of, of, of water you're losing. So, but, you know, so you can, like you were saying, you knew like kind of after a football game that you needed to pile on water to rehydrate. Oh yeah. And that's just after a few hours, that's like a couple hours. Right. And yeah. so this guy's out there for nine hours <laughs> and he's going to continue on and for another he's 15 keep hours. Going. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, if you don't hydrate enough, it's, that's why, um, sometimes, uh, racing more is, is better so that you learn, you keep trying stuff and then learn over time. And actually, you know, it's really funny. The more you race and the more you do stuff, the more you learn that the classic advice was probably the best. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and you know who talks about it uh, very eloquently in his book is, uh, Dr. Timothy Noakes. And, uh, yeah waterlogged so yeah. if your fans want to if your listeners want to go out and get a great book uh tim noakes uh mm -hmm. have you had him on your show at all i don't know if i've had tim noakes on my show you know um one thing i noticed that that i do is if i if my blood sugar is not high enough if right. um i'll have to pee too much and the body's trying to dump water to concentrate the blood sugar um because um, you're either overhydrated or you haven't eaten enough. Or your body will always try to fight back to even. Right. And yeah, I'm always explaining really to people. It's really bizarre that it does that. But if you listen to your body, you can, you can uh, know what to do. It's really cool. Oh, oh absolutely. And yeah. people, are, you know, everybody wants to know what the trick is in life. Uh -huh. Just tell me the trick. Give me the secret. It's, it's pay The attention. secret is, yeah, your body wants to go back to even. You know, um... When I, when I do ultra races, which I have not done for a while, yeah. um, but when I do do ultra races, um, I, during the day, I always have someone watch me pee, you know, uh -huh. because we're always peeing on side of the road and, and running and uh, cycling races. Yeah. Uh, one of my crew members watches my pee yeah. to see if it's number one, getting darker, getting more foamy, like a, like a, a really dark kind of foamy, uh, like a beer. You know, when you like get that, AO, that like means you become... IPA. Exactly. If your pee starts to look like an IPA, you're so you're going to be dehydrated. And uh -huh. even though you can fight back from a bonk by just adding food, uh, you cannot fight back from dehydration. Yeah, it takes it takes way too long. It seems like because I've I've tried, you know, like going, oh, if I just drink a bunch of water, I'll feel better. No, it takes like several days in my case. If I get really dehydrated, I feel like shit for like um, two three days. If I get too dehydrated. Hey, are you there? Yeah, yeah, there I'm here now. Okay, yeah, yeah. You you were saying that uh, you it go takes on? me if I get really dehydrated, it takes me a few days to get to feel better. Not not one meal. It takes a a, a while for that for the body to absorb the water back. Oh, you could you could be most of us live in a state of dehydration if you're an ultra athlete. Yeah. Uh, you can ask the beautiful Emily Rhodes. Oh, yeah. You know, she's a nurse. She, you know, she, they're always trying to hydrate those old people before they die, right? Oh, yeah. You need them plump. Yeah. You yeah, plump, plump them, them up. like a melon, like a ripe melon. Yeah. Like, nice and plump. Yeah. Yeah. She'll tell you about, I mean, it's, it's hard to hydrate a body when you get into a state of uh, yeah, dehydration. you can't just plunk it into a tub and let it absorb from the outside. I mean, take, you can. It just takes a while. They've tried. Yeah, you got you got to do it the other way around. You can't soak those old people. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What's wrong with you? You would make a horrible nurse. I know, because I, la I laugh at people when they're having problems. I'm like, well, that sounds terrible. 
Hey, do you know why I even called you today? Why I wanted to come on? There is you have something no idea, right? going on about vitamins that you want to talk to me about. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. Oh, because, we'll get to that. man, I got to tell you what. I keep trying to take vitamins, and I am the world, world's worst vitamin taker. I just, yeah. I'm, not the, I'm not the type of person that, um, can, that easily fits them into my habit. So I'm a good candidate for gummy, gummy bear vitamins. That's how bad oh, I am. Breath. Oh, breath. Yeah. Oh, my God. No, to get me to oh, eat them, even though I know hurts. that they're good. Oh, my God. So you got a lot of work to do. I'm, I'm your best phone call ever right now because you, you're going to have a good I sales mean, pitch. All I told you was that I had a vitamin, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. so you don't know anything about it. No, um, I was, I was uh, listening to your show, your, yeah. um, your show, uh, the one before Bald Brian. And, yeah. um, that's where I was listening to you talk about the, the water and the football and, the uh, 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 being a salt pillar out in the desert and stuff like that. So, um, that's as far as I got, but I, I saw mean, in the I, show I, notes I, that you're talking about vitamins that are actually quality vitamins with no fillers, which is actually like impossible to do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, did you listen to the ball Bryant interview? Not yet. No, it's in my queue. Oh, I love let him. me know if it's any good or not, because, um, yeah, I, you know, I enjoyed having that guy on the show. Uh, he's, you know, you, you know who he is, right? Oh, but yeah. A lot of people don't. Yeah. Um, he's been uh, here in uh, Los Angeles radio. Uh -huh. He's been on the air for a while. He was with uh, Adam Carolla when Adam Carolla took over for uh, Howard Stern. Right. He was more or less kind of like one of the sidekicks. Yeah. And, uh, and then Adam, Adam didn't get fired from that job. That job went away. That station went from a talk format to... Uh, and it went to like the, the top 40. Yeah. Yeah. All hits all day, you know, so you get to hear the, the same 30 songs over and over. Yeah. And, uh, so that's what happened there. And they started a podcast. And as you know, being a podcaster, uh -huh. they have the number one podcast in the world. Right. And, um, Them, there's another so he wrote this great book one. called Shrinkage. Yeah. Great book. You got to read it. Have oh, you read Paul it? Brian wrote that shrinkage. Yeah. No, that's his book. No, I like him. Yeah, he started off, I thought he was maybe even, not even a sidekick. He was like a technical guy, you know, like a producer, engineer. Yeah, he, yeah, he would play, he would play like the, he was the music drop guy. Yeah, and then um, they started asking him questions and it turns out he's like a musical genius. He knows every band ever or something like that that's ever published anything yeah some some yeah. weird thing yeah, uh, yeah he's uh, kind of a neat guy and yeah so anyway you know that you know he's a big deal yeah. and uh it turns out he had a brain tumor and he almost died right and you know the whole book is about how that happened i think the better interview is going to be i want to interview his wife uh mm -hmm. christy or chrissy or whatever her name is because <laughs> she's the real hero yeah. in this whole thing I mean, this guy at one point is crapping his pants, mm -hmm. and they're not even married yet. Like they're going through, they're engaged, they're going through with the, you know, proceeding with the wedding and the whole thing. Yeah. They think he's going to die. He can't even, you know, hold his bowels anymore. He can barely walk. Wow. What this guy did is just unbelievable. Yeah, and to think I almost didn't marry, I almost broke it off with Emily because she had a zit one day. I was like, dang. That's a good reason. I, yeah. I could have I'm like, this oh, could I could have her. This could oh, get she worse. Was so hot. I don't oh my god. Yeah. Emily, Emily Rhodes. Where are you, my darling? Here, let me look her up on Facebook while I got you here. Yeah. Come on, Emily. Time alone Where on are Facebook. You, baby? 
<clears throat> yeah, I, I, let me stalk your wife. Hang on. Let me see if I can find it here. Uh, I never should have sent you that like. one picture of her on the beach. Uh, I think she wanted me to have that picture. Oh, yeah, actually, you're right. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, you remember look at that, that smile. <laughs> look at that. Oh, my God. You got to see the updated oh. picture of her on the paddleboard. Do you see that one? No, no. I, I'm looking at one here. She's got... How did you get her, Brad? You're not that good looking. No. You, you don't get this. But this is College Station. I'm good looking for here. People forget that. Yeah, I guess. That's why I moved she, away and then moved right back. She is good looking for L.A. Right. She's like L.A. hot. I know. Look at those kids. You, you got beautiful kids. Kid. There's only the one. <laughs> oh, you got, I thought the other one was yours, too. No. No. If I had two, the first one ate the second one, like a like a powerful pit bull. Who's that Jeep? Who who owns the uh, Jeep Wrangler? Is that yours? Is it red? All muddy. Yeah, it's kind of like maroon. Oh uh, no, that's not ours. That's somebody else. Hey, wait, we gotta uh, we gotta you, keep rolling, Vinny. I gotta pick up Kai from soccer here in a minute. We're getting distracted. Hang on, hang on. I'm just looking at <laughs> some pictures here. I'm just having a good time. Anyway, um. I, my, my entire life, I've been a vitamin taker yeah. and I believe in taking a multivitamin. Okay. So you're in on the program. Like you've got the habit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've yeah. been taking a vitamin since I was a little kid. Yeah. Like I've always been, I would go to the drugstore. I'd walk to the drugstore and buy vitamins yeah. uh, and take them as a little bit. For some reason I knew they had to be good for you. Well, yeah. I cannot find one doctor that thinks that taking a multivitamin a day is a bad idea. Right. Because it, you know, there are 13 essential vitamins that you have to have and 11 essential minerals. The essential part means that your body will not make these. Right. You have to take them, right? right. Okay. In order to be, you know, optimal throughout your day. Now, what about, I just so, heard recently, like, uh, too much iron. Like, some multivitamins, they don't have iron in them because people have already probably got enough or something like that. Do you know anything well, about that? Yeah, actually, I do. Some people can have too much iron. You can get iron poisoning, and yeah. my vitamin does not have iron. Oh, okay. I, I keep cool. iron out. Yeah. All, I, I'm glad you brought that up, Brett. Yeah. You're I know things. Right Just because I don't use them doesn't mean I don't know about them. I'm aware of all we, things. We only have <laughs> what you need. Okay. And, and he, But here, here's the beauty of it. Yeah. My entire life, I've searched for a pure vitamin. Right. Now, let me give you an example. We all know what Centrum is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get Centrum for, for like from pennies, A to zinc. You know? yeah, yeah, from A to zinc. Yeah. And if you look at Centrum, I, I don't don't quote me on this, but there's somewhere between 45 and 50 added ingredients to Centrum. Okay. Oh, the, that, besides that, the stuff you need, there's just crap in there. Yeah, it's just a ton Coloring. of crap, and it's binded together so yeah. hard that when you take it, you might see it in your stool. Yeah. You like know, a, like a so, bullet. Yeah, it, it, like it won't even break up in you. It won't dissolve in your stomach or in your intestines or anywhere. It'll just go right through, and that's it. Yeah. Right? Okay. So you've literally crapped out your money. Right. Yeah. That's what I was saying. You're pissing out your vitamins. Right, and that happens a lot because, and we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. So that's number one. Number two, even if you take the best vitamins on the market, like let's say you went to a place like GNC, which yeah. is a national brand, uh, and you know you think these are better. They, they must be better. They cost 10 times as much as a Centrum. Or you go to Whole Foods, and Whole Foods is selling you on this bill of goods of organic this and organic that, and the Whole vitamins paycheck. are 50, 60 bucks, yeah. right? Yeah. Whole paycheck. Yeah. 
started right there in Texas, where you are. That's right. And you, We're taking the you, money, you go the, to, the, the world's money. Send it right here. Yeah. That and all that oil. Yeah, we got, got tons of oil. Roads. Oh, my yeah. God. You guys have everything. We just throw it away. We got too much. <clears throat> yeah, you guys are like the Arabs over there. Oh, we got <laughs> take them. We have Whole Foods and, you know, everybody's streets are paved with gold. Yes. You know so it. So yeah. I, I take this. And I, I try to go to I, I, every vitamin I went to in the world yeah. had something in it. So I set out well over a year ago to make a vitamin that I wanted to take. Mm -hmm. And the goal was to make a vitamin yeah. that had nothing except the pure ingredients. Every vitamin company in North America, and some of them, when I say North America, I went to Canada too. Yeah. They all said, what I'm trying to do cannot be done. You can't do it. Yeah. Well, why not? And the reason, well, because they all say you need to have excipients in the formula to help it. They call them flow agents yeah. to help it flow through their little system to fill up the, the capsule, right? Yeah. So I finally found a company that said, we can do it with our machinery, yet nobody wants to do it. Right. That's and I more said, of the thing. Why? Yeah, like if it, I remember trying to get grass-fed beef that was grass-fed all the way to the slaughterhouse, right? Right. And they're like, because I called the company. I said, it says grass-fed, but there was something that made me want to call, right? And they go, well, then we feed it to the, to the uh, oh, it's bison. Yeah. Well, then we, feed, we send them to the uh, feedlot, and then, uh, then they're fattened up. And then I'm like, well, on grains, right? And I'm like... Why? And they go, oh, people won't buy it unless it is. And I'm like, you don't know that. All you got to do is well, put it on your packaging, grass-fed all the way, 100%, and then people will and buy we, that. We have that out here, by the way. We have grass-fed all the way out. We get it out here, yeah. and you can actually get that. And, you know, Serena will buy it where it's been driven in by horses so that the the cattle don't get like all scared from the motorcycles driving them in. <laughs> yeah. There's a bison ranch. Kidding. Speaking of Texas, there's a bison ranch about 20 minutes from where I live. I could go hop on one and ride it to my house. I'd like to watch that if you do. <laughs> if you don't mind. You're coming to dinner with me, Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ride you and then I'm going to eat you. <laughs> Buffy. To stab it in the back of the neck while I'm riding it. Try to calm down. Calm down. This will just take. <laughs> An hour. <laughs> that, that's wrong, right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> Sorry. So, all right. So, anyway, we. I started with that. I finally found a company that would do it. And um, we ended up making a vitamin that is free of everything. Just, it's only the 13 essential vitamins. No crap. And the 13 essential, uh, uh, 11 essential minerals. Yeah. Here, here's the other thing. I went to look into some of the stuff that almost every vitamin company puts across the board. Mm -hmm. One of them happens to be something called titanium dioxide. Oh, that's sunscreen. It, that's Zinca. Well, uh, zinc dioxide is in sunscreen. This mm -hmm. stuff is used in white paint yeah. to make it white. Yeah. Why and not? They, use it, they use it in vitamins to do nothing more than take the color out uh -huh. so then they can add another chemical to add a color back in. Right. They want to bleach it so they can color it. Right. Yeah, Guess that's, what? That's necessary. Your body wants that. Your body Titanium wants Titanium dioxide. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that, yeah it causes colon cancer oh, in small amounts. So you're doing something virtuous yet yeah. while you're doing that, 
yeah. you could be killing yourself. Yeah. It, it makes no sense. Yeah. So we that's ended classic, up creating that's classic Western Western food processing symptoms, though. It's nuts. Yeah. It's Brett is absolutely crazy. Yeah. So the next thing we did was I went, okay, I can create this. I can get the price down. It took me forever to get the price price down on it. Yeah. Once once I did that, it was like game on, right? Did you tell them you have a huge podcast and website and that the orders are going to be like crazy and that it's worth their time to drive the price down some because you're going to have a huge set of orders? Well, the way I did it, the, the way I was able to make it happen yeah. was I had to make a giant order to make it cheap enough. Yeah, yeah. You know, to get the volume. Oh, okay. So I'm I'm taking a huge chance. Yeah. That you know, and you know, I think I have enough of a podcast to make all of that work. I think so. So, um, you know, we're, we're putting it out there, mm -hmm. and uh, here's the other thing. Yeah. There are people like you. They'll take vitamins for a while, then they'll forget. Right. That's me. You nailed right? it. Yeah. They come to your house once you sign up. Every month they come to your house. Oh, okay. So it's always new. It's always there. You go, oh, here it comes. And in, in the meantime, it's a club. We call it Pure Vitamin Club. That's the name yeah. of the product. So you go to purevitaminclub.com. You sign up. Every other week, you get a newsletter from me, not telling you about vitamins, but giving you good fitness advice. Oh, cool. And you'll get a little video. I'll send you a little two, three-minute video, all free. Now, Brett, That's let cool. me ask you a question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What would you pay for that? Uh, Let me tell you what you get. You, you, you're getting a free newsletter. You get the free video. You get, uh, you, you, you get the purest vitamin on the planet. I'm told that at least 99% of all vitamins are not so made this way. So you how much would I pay per month? What would you pay per month? Uh, 25 bucks. Okay. Is that good? Try again. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to tell you higher or lower. Try again. Um, uh, 28 bucks. All right. I'll, I'll give you, let's go for three tries. Okay. Right, come on. Now remember, Brett, this yeah. is, <laughs> this is hey, not I'm any in vitamin. Texas. Like, we don't have to pay anything for anything. So my, you're asking the wrong guy. Guys. I don't have New York dollars down here. Yeah. They give you guys brand new Air Max like every other week, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm or looking Mac at one right now. It was just in my car when I got in it. Somebody just put one in here. It's, yeah, it was like, it was here you go. signed to me by the governor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> was I high or low? I won't tell you. I'm going to give you a third guess. Okay. Um, $22. Oh, come on. This is how much? 22 Okay. Okay. One month supply? Yeah. $10. Oh, wow. That's nice. $10. Yeah. I've literally cut my profit out of this. Yeah, you know, everybody I've talked to because I've gone to all the powers that be and they yeah. go, no, you can't work on that margin. And I keep telling them I can, if I could get enough people buying into it, I can work on that mar uh, margin because I'm, cu I'm cutting out brick and mortar. I'm cutting out shelf space. I'm cutting out advertising. Yeah, I'm just advertising on my podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I've cut everyone out. I've kept the margins extremely tight. Yeah. Now, in the you interest of full get me to, to do this. <laughs> oh, wait, Brett, in the interest of full disclosure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's nine ninety five a month. Okay. But then you have shipping and handling. There's no way around that, right? right? I have to charge for that because $30. I 
Well, yeah, it's it's eighty four dollars, but come on. Now, shipping and pick, pack, and ship is what it's called. Yeah. There's no way to get around that, right? Right. So that comes to four fifty a month. Uh -huh. So then you can look at it and go, oh, Mister Big Spender, now you got me paying, you know, fourteen fifty uh -huh. for something that should be costing thirty bucks, by the way. Yeah, all right. But here's what I was able to do. You could buy the one month supply and you know out the door you're fourteen fifty, right? Yeah. But if you buy the three month supply up front, yeah. that's one bottle, so I only had to pay for one bottle, right? Yeah. That's one shipping. That's not three months of shipping, that's one shipping for a three month supply, right? Right. And since I'm putting more in the bottle, I can cut the price back a little more, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Twenty four ninety five. So if you add the four fifty on top of that, you're under ten bucks a month. There you go for the best vitamin in the world. Yeah, that's cool. All in. Come on, <laughs> come on. I'm actually more interested in the newsletter. I want to see what you in the video. The video would be great. Twelve videos a year, so maybe how you thirteen. Gonna, what, what's might... going to be in the video? Like, are you gonna? What What is it? It's going to be health tips. You know, the same kind of health tips I give on the show. Yeah. Uh, I'll probably go right to vinnytorteries.com and, you know, because I have that forum there and people, you know, we get tons of questions every day. Yeah. I literally do my show from my forum now. I just see what people are asking yeah, and yeah. do that smart. for the show. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. 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 yeah, just try to stay in touch with the people. Yeah, we're talking Pretty about cool doing idea, that on right? uh, Morgan and I on Zentry on doing, um, starting up a forum and then just reading the forum thread and answering questions. Yeah. Yeah. You, you could do that, man. I, like, I did it, and it works out fine. Yeah, I think so. It'd be great. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I think you may have me as a customer. That's a hard, that's a hard sell, but I think I'm in. Well, look, I mean, how could you not do it? Yeah. Ten bucks a, try. a month. What you do is you try stuff and see if it makes you feel better, and if it does, stick with it. Here's what you do. You, you order, you know, you get on, on the list, you order it. If yeah. you like it, you know, give it to your wife, give it to your kids. You mm -hmm. like what you got. Yeah. Then you can order up for them too. It's cheap enough that you could get the whole family in. Yeah. You can have your whole family in for less than the cost of what you would pay if you went out and got it just for you. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Because you could do a three-month supply for three people. Well, a one month supply for yeah. three people as a three month supply. Yeah, yeah, it, it, absolutely. the The only unfortunate part about that is, once you're in the system, it'll ship every ninety days if you're in the three month supply. But yeah. at least you can have your whole family try, and then you can up it. You can up your order. Oh yeah, okay. That'll it's still work. only ten bucks a month. I mean, come on, you got a kid and a wife you love. I mean, you might as well, uh, you know, give it to them too. Yeah, I'm in. Good. <laughs> I'll be looking for your name on the list. And I'll, I'll, every day I'll say, listen, I need to see if uh, Brett Blangner's on that list. Yeah. I want, when you see it, I want you to announce it, to announce it on the podcast. I will. On your show. And, and I'll tell Rich Roll, look, dude, he's, he's using my vitamin. He's got mine. <laughs> what, yeah. is Rich, does Rich have a vitamin? I don't know. I, I, I doubt know. it. I, I have no idea. He's got some kind of healthy food stuff. Yeah, he he's got. I think he's got a whole line of stuff. Yeah, huh? I tried the stuff that he had that had cordyceps in it, which is that mushroom that helps you breathe better. Yeah, yeah, that stuff actually worked. That was really good. I liked it. Oh, cool. Yeah, good. So, yeah. So, um, what else is going on? What's going on in your life? 
Uh, well, like I was telling you right before we got on the air, I'm watching uh, Kai's soccer practice. Yeah, and he's um, and there's so many mosquitoes outside. I'm 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 trying to hide in my car away from them. Some some one of these soccer moms had uh had off. You know, she had bug spray. Yeah, and I watched her spray down her two kids, spray down herself, and just stood there with her arms crossed with the bug spray. And as I walked by her, I go, "Man, these mosquitoes are terrible." And she goes, "Yeah, they sure are." And did, and she wouldn't give you any. She wouldn't deed. give me any. She had an extra deet, and you couldn't yeah, get it. She's hogging. She's yeah. a deet hog. Yeah, hate those deet hogs. Yeah, typical soccer mom deet hogs. <laughs> hey, you want yeah. you want an exclusive? You yeah, want something yeah. really cool? Yeah, well, I haven't told this to anyone yet. It's not a done deal. Yeah, but you heard it here first. Okay. My uh, book, Fitness Confidential. Yeah, you've read it, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, right? I did. I love it. It's on. I read it again, actually, every once in a while, like a chapter or two from it. Um, it's being optioned by Sony Pictures. Nah. Yeah. Now, does that mean that there will ever be a movie or a TV show? Oh, yeah. Probably yeah, not. But probably the, not. I'm being told that in the world of books that studios buy up, uh-huh. they never buy a fitness book. This could be a first. Hmm. Yeah. Do you need any extras in this? Like some triathlete rolls up on a bike? Yeah. You know? it just, they won't even have me in it. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying. Let me know. I'll fly out there. and That'd be hilarious. I'd be like, holy crap, that's yeah. Brett. Just riding by. Hey, what's up? Yeah. Oh, look. Like that. Was that Brett Blangner? I'll get you and Rich Roll in the back. Dude. <laughs> what's up? Oh, dude. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, why are the athletes in this TV show or movie so old? <laughs> I thought triathletes like were in their twenties or thirties. Everybody in here is like forty and fifty and sixty. <laughs> how old are you now, Brad? I'm forty-one now. Are you still doing uh, how you say uh, swimming? You still oh, going yeah, long? Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, man, that- check this out. Kai, who's nine. Um, yeah. earlier this year swam 1.2 miles across a local lake. He swam from one side to the other. He swam a half Ironman just for fun. Get out of here. No, I got in the water and swam with him. It took him just over an hour. He swam, he's like four something feet tall. And we swam across a lake down here. Um, cause, uh, oh, so like, uh, about a year ago I swam a lake back that same lake across and back all butterfly. It was 2.4 miles and I swam it in a wetsuit swam it all butterfly just to do it and Dude, that's ridiculous you're, you're a ridiculous human being yeah I mean, it was it was why? pretty ridiculous <laughs> and uh he was in the kayak with my friend watching me do it i wanted to be the first person ever to do that across this lake right yeah and um and i was and then um he saw me do it and then he said uh i want to swim across this lake someday and i go gosh i think you could probably swim across it at least one ways um probably train you up for it you know make sure you can swim that distance in the pool and then uh we'll just plop you in the open water on a nice day and you can do it so i got in the water with him and the same friend um sat in the kayak and paddled with us and kai and i swam across the lake together father and son and um, that was really cool and then he wanted to swim back right and i said yeah "Uh, i don't know about (laughs) that and then uh after a while he goes yeah maybe not (laughs) sounds like he's got the bug Right. Yes, he loves. He's he's now yeah, getting into cyclocross, that. which is nuts. So, and he's but that's about, right. It's Texas. You guys have that kind of stuff there. Yeah, he's about to turn ten. So, uh, cyclocross champion national championships are in Austin this year. So, it's you, just on the everything road. happens in Austin. Yeah, Austin's pretty cool. 
you, when you, know, when you way, move away from California, it'll be to Austin. I promise you. Well, you know, I keep telling, you know, Serena, we talk about where we're going to end up, you know, yeah. you know, and she wants to be on the East Coast somewhere because she wants to be closer to, you know, to England, yeah. to home. Well, Texas is And closer. I keep saying to her, well, yeah, Texas is definitely closer, but uh, she wants to be a six-hour flight, not like an 11-hour flight. Yeah. And my thing is, why stop there? Let's just go to England. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go to Spain. Let's just go live there for a while. Yeah. Yeah, Spain. We can go live all over warm. Europe. Southern Spain. We went there this spring. It was fantastic. It was just like Texas. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. It was California, basically. You know, I mean, it was. So you left Texas and went to Texas. Yeah, I here? got off the plane, and the first thing I saw was a bag of chips that said Tex-Mex flavor in the in the Mallorca or wherever we were airport, not Mallorca, somewhere else, um, Malaga, Malaga. Where, where else did you guys go? Did you just go to Spain? Or yeah, did you travel southern all, Spain, or? and just uh, just kind of plop. We did a bike riding uh, triathlon camp there. It was cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, it was like well, it was like yeah. Texas, but with the the Mexican food wasn't spicy. What's the problem? <laughs> you know, it's not it's not called Mexican food there. <laughs> I by know, the way. right? It drives them crazy. I'm like, yeah. where's the where's the peppers in this Mexican food? Yeah. <laughs> no, we had a, a, a good trip. We went uh, we went to London, uh-huh. and then we uh, we went over to Amsterdam this oh, summer because wow. our, Amsterdam paid for the whole trip because I was delivering. Oh yeah, you went to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I delivered the speech. Mm-hmm. Forty-five minutes paid for an entire two weeks in Europe. <laughs> that's um, which is pretty cool. You should have figured out the uh, dollars per hour that you earned during that. Oh, dollars oh, per I minute. Have. I have. It's uh, uh, dollars per bad. word. You should figure out how long your speech was in words. <laughs> and figure out that is a good return on your time, right there. Yeah, you know. And, and by the way, uh, when the speech, you know, I was going to be in Amsterdam for uh-huh. two days because that's what they paid for the company. Yeah. And I wanted to spend an extra day in Amsterdam, you know, right. just to have a third day. Because when are you ever going to go back there? No, you know? I've never even been. Yeah, I would really want to hang out there for a while. Oh, it, it was great. So we were staying a third day. And when we went to check out, they said, no, your bill is paid. And I said, no, no, no. The company only paid for two days. I'm paying for the third day out of my own pocket. Yeah. And they said, no, sir, here's a message from uh, Mr. Um, uh, it was uh, Mark Perry. Mr. Perry uh-huh. uh, said that they enjoyed your speech so much that the company picked up the third day. Oh, wow. And I was like, right there, man. I had never been so chuffed in my life. <laughs> chuffed? Hey, is the, yeah. is, the, <laughs> is the speech online where we can see it? Is there a video of it somewhere? Actually, I'm pulling pieces of it right now because it's a 45-minute, uh-huh. uh, actually a 50-minute yeah. uh, motivational speech. And I, my, my birthday is in two days, and Serena says, what do you want? And since you know I can't work a computer or any electronic stuff, yeah. she's pulling together three or four speeches from the last year and yeah. putting together like a sizzle reel of the three or four. Yeah. And I'll put that up at uh, vinnytortoris.com. Yeah, you should. You're such a good public speaker. Oh, thanks, you got, man. Well, yeah, you got really good stage presence. So that's something that you ought to just keep doing that. That is really cool. Well, I like doing it. Yeah, you know, so. me too. I like the time you, flies do, by, you know, and like I do um every once in a while I get asked to do a talk about my my work at the uh at at Texas A&M. Yeah. In front of a class and the students are just blown away and they they um they like um have a line of of people wanting to talk to me afterwards. And yeah. that's when you know you really made an impact. Yeah, yeah that that's all that that feels good, right? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. 
Anybody out there want me to come do a motivational speaking talk? Let me know. <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> you see, you like it too. I love doing it. I love it. I love yeah. changing lives. Yeah. It's all about attitude. You can do almost anything with attitude, with optimism. I ended up um, teaching a class uh, last year in Texas. Uh, you may know the guy. Uh, yeah. I can't think of his name right now. Uh, might have been Steve something. They've asked me to come back this year and teach it again. Huh? They had me through Skype up on a big screen, and I taught a college class yeah. in Texas. It oh, was pretty cool. cool stuff. Yeah. Why, why can't I think of the guy's name? Uh, Stephen Baldridge. Do you know Stephen? No, I don't think I don't think I do, but I might. I don't know. Sounds like somebody that might have we might have had on the show or had like donating to the show, but it's been a while. Yeah, no, he's a really cool guy. He's yeah. a professor and uh he said, You want to come on and teach a class? And I was like, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Um, people that have a recurring something, like a club meeting or a class. Um, they're always looking for people to come talk. Uh, my triathlon club down here, um, I was always uh, getting a local athlete to come talk or a nutrition expert or a pro or something to come talk. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, did you guys pay them or what, what was it? Uh, we'd buy them dinner. <clears throat> it's small. You know, it's like 10 people and just they're already here in town doing something else. And, and usually and then tell them promote the hell out of your business, you know? So... Well, if I'm if I'm if I'm ever in town, then I need dinner for free. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, be... I do it in a heartbeat. I'll talk to anyone for anything. Yeah. You know, uh, I just did uh, Good Samaritan Hospital again last week. Uh huh. Oh, you know what's coming up? Um, when is the show coming out? Do you know? Uh, maybe in about a week. Okay, because on here, let me look. Hang on. Okay, on. On the 14th yeah. of October, I will be in New York. You remember the supermodel uh, Carol Alt? Um, hold on. Let me look. <laughs> You're going to look her up? Yeah. That's worth my search. Carol yeah. let's Alt. See, let's see if I can find her, too. Let, let me get Alt off of uh, Emily Road here and see if I can find Carol Alt. Yeah, I remember her. Ooh, she's good looking. Remember, she was... She's a good-looking chick, right? Yeah. Well, she's got those cat. I. Uh, she's kind of like my age, you know. She's she was a supermodel back in my day, mm -hmm. and uh, I gotta, you know, I gotta read all of my mail now. And I got this mail from this woman the other day. She goes, "Hi, um, I'm the producer of the Carol Alt Show." Yeah. And Carol is a big fan, and she wants you on the show. And I thought it was a joke, so I replied, "Wait a minute, <laughs> yeah, Carol right? Alt has a show." Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Gosh, you know, but apparently she, uh, she has a show mm -hmm. and, uh, it's in New York. It's a Fox show of some sort. So, uh, I'll be there on the 14th. Cool. I'm, I'm guessing it airs live because they're flying me in that morning. Yeah. I'm doing the show and then, and she is hot. I'm looking at her right now. Yeah. Jesus Christ. This woman's hot. Yeah, I'm doing her of, show, uh, and then Paula, Paulina Portsagova. Remember her? Yeah, a lot, a lot like that. Yeah. Wait, wait a minute. There's, there's a booby shot here. Yeah, I saw that one too. Nice. <laughs> and she's got some age on her there too. I guess I don't know. Once a classically good-looking person 
stays as long as they keep their weight under control. They they keep. Um, I don't think I don't think you ever go bad looking. Yeah. Well, look, as as well, you, I was about to say as you know, but as I know, I I think I'm with one of the most beautiful women. Exactly. On the on the planet. Yeah. I, I, I look. And I'm not the only person that thinks that. Um, yeah. And she's what? She's, she's Carol's age. She's 53 now. Yeah. Um, she's still smoking hot. Yeah. I mean, it's unreal what she looks like. There's no surgery. There's no plastic surgery. No nothing. Yeah, some people just have those genetics. Hey, okay, sir. You're on your com- you're on your computer right now. Yeah. Okay. Look up. Let's look up Linda Carter together. Linda Carter. Remember, she was Wonder Woman. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's see here. Oh, wow. Linda. See what we got here. Whew. She was Miss World. Well, you know who was Miss Universe? Who? Who looks? A, oh, oh my God! Look at this picture of Linda Carter. I wish I could send you this right now. Son of a. I, what are we doing here, Brett? This is going to all be in the show, right? Yeah. She she was Miss World. Uh, the whole audience is going to go look at Linda Carter right now, too. <laughs> I remember um, when I was a little kid watching Wonder Woman on TV. My parents were probably laughing so hard because I was like, what is that? They make people <laughs> that look like that? That is crazy. I think she was an athlete. I, I, got, I think she was some kind of a track runner or something. Yeah, she was like a big deal. Yeah, really big deal. Now I'm looking up Serena Scott Thomas to see how she fares against. Yeah, for your audience, Serena Scott Thomas is the one I'm with. Look at look at Serena. Man. She was a cutie pie when she was young. Mm-hmm. Of course, when you put a name in, then Kristen Scott comes up too. Her <laughs> sister. I mean, as guys, women need to know this is what we do. <laughs> as guys right i mean yeah it's, oh, this whoa. is what we do <laughs> holy cow are you there serena <laughs> yeah and and linda too there's some there's some uh picture of I'm linda in a swimsuit with a crisscross thing across her abs a brown kind of bikini that, that's the one yeah that's the one i was looking at a minute ago wow that is wrong in every language <laughs> yeah look at that you know, hey, she wasn't that thin. Before we get in time. trouble, I have to go. I got Kai sitting in my car here. We gotta we gotta bail. I gotta get him home for dinner. <laughs> He's gonna see me Dude, looking at pictures I, of somebody besides mommy. He's gonna be like, What's what are you doing? I appreciate you letting me come on the place. If you'd like, uh, speaking yeah. of Serena, I had her do the ads for the uh, you, you wanna stick the ad into this too? Yeah. I'll send you uh I have your regular email. I'll send you th- the three different uh, voiceover ads that I had Serena uh, record yeah. for the, uh, you know, for the whole thing. Oh, cool! There was one a long time ago. People that used to listen to Zentry forever ago. The show used to start off with Emily going, um, "Ooh, you're listening to to uh, Zen and Yard of Triathlon, you big workout stud like that," and it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get a copy of I that? I got her to do that. <laughs> People liked it. 
Yeah, if I can find yeah. it, maybe I'll play it at the beginning of the show. It, I mean, the audio quality is terrible. I, I heard it just the other day when I was going through some old audio. Yeah, I'll find them. Uh, we did three ads with uh, Serena. I'll find them and send them to you uh, in a file. And one of them is kind of seductive and the other two are, you know, yeah. whatever. So you'll be able to, you know. As a matter of fact, do you have an advertising? Uh, do you take advertisers over there? Oh, yeah. Yep. Sure. So we might want to talk about maybe running it on a few shows. Oh, I'd love to, man. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. If the price is right, I'll do it. Let me know. <laughs> All right. We'll talk about that uh, over email. Is that cool? Sounds good. All Thanks. right, man. I got to yeah. go. It's have been awesome having you, having you on the show, man. I really appreciate you calling. That's been cool. Okay, Always bro. love talking to you, bro. Yeah. Okay. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. All right. Thank you very much, Vinny Tortorich. Vinny's got his own podcast, The World's Angriest Trainer, or The Angriest Trainer. I forgot if there's a world's in it or not. But his latest interview with Dean Karnazes is awesome. And Dean Karnazes is a really famous ultra running ultra runner who is actually to blame for popularizing ultra running <laughs> and Vinny asks him a lot of really good questions about training and fueling and, and mileage and nutrition and, and, and uh, workout plans and, and things like that so you ought to definitely check it out it's very cool Vinny Tortorich's The Angriest Trainer podcast and website all right, that interview was brought to us by CompeteHub.com. Go check them out. They are very, very cool. Lots of stuff coming. I think a mobile version is uh, coming or may have just been released. And that's where I'm parked looking to see who's coming to do Austin 70.3, which is just coming up. And two things happened between uh, Setting up the plug-in for that interview and uh, getting it done, I uh, interviewed Angela Nath last night, and she uh, gave us tons of nutrition advice, which will be coming on the next podcast, and um, parallel to her to her nutrition advice, I also, um, I've basically been doing what she, I've already been doing what she recommended to do, and um, it's been working a lot for me, and I got a request to put that into the next podcast. And if it's not in the next podcast, it'll I'll uh, detail it over the next few shows. Um, somebody asked me on Twitter to explain how I upped my wattage on the bike. Uh, my, la my last ride was um, a three-hour ride where I negative split the back half of it at 251 watts, and um, the first half at like 230 or something like that and the um that used that no those kind of numbers used to be unbelievable would be totally unbelievable for me and i've been training and fueling a new way um that i think everybody kind of knows about around the perimeter of like kind of how to do this kind of thing but after all these years of training i think that i've kind of focused kindly kindly kind of finally um narrowed down what it actually takes to to train me um, to that kind of much higher performance level that actually works after messing around with a whole bunch of different things, which is the journey. It's the path of Zen and Yard Triathlon. So look for that on upcoming stuff. All right, let's, uh, again, competehub.com. 
check them out, and let's get started with answering some emails and things like that. We have, um, oh, did I do news already? Yeah, I did. Okay, so we have donations. Jill sent us an email from Israel, and it says, um, well, after this, I asked her how she was doing. She ordered some horny juice. And she says, well, after this past terrifying summer, it's certainly calmer here now. <laughs> Thanks for asking. I have to tell you, Brett, between you and Tawny over at Endurance Planet and plenty of this American life, I don't want to stay too one-dimensional now. You guys were like my best friends while two of my three sons were off fighting in Gaza and I wasn't sleeping or functioning too well. You were the friends who had enough sense to not call and ask, how are you? I really had to hold myself back from saying, how the bleep do you think I am? After all, people mean well. I was brought up in the States, Farmingdale, New York, and moved to Israel over 30 years ago after finishing university. University? I uh, was totally not athletic, asthmatic, uh, exempt from even running around the playground, but did always love sports and being around athletic, adventuresome people. When I was 45 years old, the eldest of my three sons had to go into the army here, mandatory three-year service. You have a friend that did that. And he went into a tough combat unit. So I started mountain biking. It helped ease the stress. As wars broke out and more sons went into the army, all in combat units, I added road biking, running, etc. etc. I did my first sprint try five years ago, eventually Olympic distance, and I've done two half Ironman distance races, including Israel's half Israelman in 2013. It was a toughie. Yeah, that race is nuts. The... I guess the full is the one that makes the press all the time for how insane it is. It's like a ton of climbing. A uh, really, really hard race. Really pretty, too. I did my first marathon at age 54 in October 2013 in Amsterdam. And my first Ironman in Austria in June this year. And finished 5th out of 15 in my age group. Not a great time, but I had a great time. So again, thanks for being a great friend who talked about other things and even made me laugh during some of the most stressful periods of my life. Well, thank you, Jill. That was really cool. A nice email. I should send that to my parents. <laughs> that was really nice. Thanks. Um, other donations by Julie Callahan, Todd Endicott, Allison Frutos, and David Yu, who has a uh, message in here to tell us. Let's see. Hey, Brett, I've been listening for a while. In fact, I'm listening right now! Exclamation point. Great show! Double exclamation point. You've given me so much value. I wish I could give you more. I was hoping for a triple exclamation point. It was only a double. I've taken you on many century bike rides. I do one or two a year. Hope to be doing them until I'm 100. Yeah, that'd be badass. You talk about a lot of cool health stuff. I wanted to pass along my wife's blog... Uh, let's see, it's EnduringArts.blogspot.com And this post is especially good And it's called, it's EnduringArts.blogspot.com And it's What We Eat for Enduring Health She is learning so much, in all caps, about food And she shares her recipes and ideas Also about faith, art, and even some pics from my rides and races Check it out, hope it's all with all is well with you Congrats to you and your family on your diabetes charity ride. Way to take the win <laughs> from David. And you can't win a charity ride, but you can finish first. And that was fun. Jason Drury, 
Send in a donation. Keith Burtis. Keith's uh, done another um, episode of Do You Try DU, as in do, and as in duathlon, and it was a really good episode. Um, Dan Mashia. Scott Turner with a note. Okay, thanks so much for sending the Hornet juice. I'm so excited to give it a try. Things are going great here in Maryland. I am in training for my first half Ironman coming up in on November 1st. It is a very special race, and I've been hoping to have the chance to share a little bit about it with you. I am an actor-slash-stage combatant, and I have a gig that made me unavailable for all the races in my area. What is, oh, dude, tell me you do, like, like medieval reenactments, man. That would be pretty cool <laughs> with a pseudo-armor and a broadsword. I have just completed my first race, a sprint distance in July, and while driving to rehearsal and listening to you talk about the Iron Baby when I was inspired to start my own race. From that group, Praise Man, the Akoni, A-K-O-N-I, Akoni, Akoni, 70.3 that I'll will be racing on November the 1st. Entirely self-supported. Way to go, dude. Uh, the race is in honor of my older brother, who we lost a few years ago in a car accident. He became an organ donor and saved many lives with the gift of his sacrifice. I have started a GoFundMe cope campaign to raise money for the Organ Donation Network, and I've already blown past my goal of 250 bucks with the support of my small-town community. Hey, that's super cool, man. Um... I understand that you are fundraising for several of your own events, the Tour de Cure, Iron Baby, etc., and I don't want to get in the way of that. Don't worry about it, man. Uh, however, a shout-out from you would be huge in, huge a huge help, in all caps, in increasing my reach. You can find my GoFundMe page at... Everybody ready? This guy's going to do a self-supported half Iron Man. <laughs> Fund him, man. This is cool. GoFundMe.com slash praise man and praise uh, p-r-a-i-s-e man has a dash in between it praise dash man okay gofundme.com slash praise dash man if nothing else I wanted you to know that your work is an inspiration to me and your advice has saved my butt many times in training I never stop talking to my family about the things you mentioned <laughs> I do the same thing about other podcasts I listen to they're like okay thanks and do in your show Please keep doing what you are doing because we love it. Best wishes to Kai and Emily. Thanks. Scott Turner. Hey, man. Cool email. Good good purpose. Yeah. Way to, um, way to make something out of something that wasn't very fortunate. And that'll drive you for a long time, man. Okay. And my honor to, to, um, to uh, help you out. I really... Uh, I'm honored to be asked. Um, Dwayne Morin. How's it going, Dwayne? Uh, Kevin in Indiana sent... Where'd it go? Where's my Kevin? There he goes. Okay, sent in an email. Hey, Brett. Thanks. Things here are great. Triathlon season is pretty much over for the year. And all I have left on the calendar is my first full marathon on November 1st. Thanks to your thanks for your great podcast. When I first started listening a couple of months ago, I saw some three-hour plus episodes and thought, "Who the heck is this guy? And how could anyone stand to listen to someone for so long?" Thanks, man. Uh, now I'm a huge fan, and yours is one of the few podcasts that can get me all the way through a two-plus hour-long run. Ha <laughs> ha! Awesome. Keep up the great work, Kevin. Hey, Kevin. Listen, while I'm recording. 
um, I try to keep that in mind. How to make it entertaining enough and just jumpy enough and scattered enough so that um, you don't really know what's next and um, it keeps it hopping around and so that it's not so it's not so boring that it puts you to sleep and um, yeah I try to mix it up so that you can listen to it for two three hours plus and it just makes the time go by it is Zen is a whole lot of nothing <laughs> That's the definition. <laughs> so, the uh, but um, I try to I try to make the shows so they're entertaining. So um, and when I say a whole lot of nothing means don't take it too seriously and don't um, take it like uh, scripture. It's just uh, the way it, stuff can be done. And if I um, if I make it entertaining just enough, then it's not distracting from your workouts, but it's also um, entertaining enough to make your workouts go by faster at the same time. It's uh, Zen Flow. And let's see. Uh, Matthew Heinz. Hey, I got a direct message from him I need to answer. Uh, M. Webb. Brian Kemper. Tyler Moyer. Spiros Fetsis. Man, longtime donor. How's it going, dude? Uh, Miko Neiman. And Stephen Hammond. This is our last email. Let's read this one. Um, Hi, Brett. Thanks for the podcast. It's always the highlight of my day when I see a new one available. Your ramblings about swimming, biking, running, and life in general are a great companion for training. I started listening about a year ago. It was a few months after my second full distance Ironman triathlon, Ironman Texas. An injury in the year prevented me from properly training. That sucks. I know how that is. Uh, I was only able to compete four training runs in preparation. Given my poor training, I took the run very easy. Instead of really racing, I decided to take a conversational pace while talking with spectators or other racers. In fact, I high-fived a kid who was about eight years old standing near a grassy knoll where an incredibly gorgeous woman presumably the child's mother was lounging. I imagine my surprise when listening to your podcast weeks later when you mentioned Kai high-fiving racers. Small world. Let Kai know he helped me get through the slowest 26.2 miles I've ever run. (laughs) And then his overall time was 12 and a half. That was about my time. Hey, dude, that's, uh, we were probably really close to each other. Um, since then, one of the major changes I've made to my training is listening to Zentry, and I was able to finish my first sub-five-hour half Ironman. Hey, that's hard. Uh, the extra Zen must be really working. Yes. Thanks, dude. I'll tell him. And Todd Nelson sent in a donation, and Dwayne Morin. Did I list that twice? I did. Well, he donated twice. Good for you. <laughs> What's up, Dwayne? Uh, and Carrie Honing. And let's talk a little bit about these emails and um, and such, these questions, no questions really in this time, um, but motivational stuff that people send in. Um, you too can do this by going to the left side of zentriathlon.com and there's a PayPal donation section and you can set up a recurring or a one-time and then you get my email address and you can send me a note, and I will read it on the air. And I love reading it on the air. And if you have a training question, send it to me, and I will talk about it as well. I've been coaching forever, and 
training forever, so I've got a huge uh, depth of tips and tricks that probably will fix whatever your issue is and or point you in the right direction. Okay, let's see. I think the last thing we need to mention, let's do a couple other sponsors before we get into the... Yeah, we done. Hornet juice. Okay, so Hornet juice. Some of those emails you can say, hey, well, I'm doing great, is because if you order Hornet juice, I um, send you a personal email asking how it's going. And um, the Hornet juice is on the right side of the page. Scroll down a little bit. It's kind of like a purple and yellow package. Go check it out. It's got a giant hornet on the front, and it's crazy. This stuff comes from synthetic Japanese killer hornet saliva. Swear to God. And also swear that it actually works. It works really well. The, um, the amino acids, it's only like 60 calories per packet because it's mostly amino acids, which is like protein. And it turns on your body fat chemistry to, uh, it turns on your body's chemistry, your hormones to start burning body fat more. And it just unleashes a huge amount of energy like diesel, um, it is really, really, really cool stuff. I've been selling it for years because I cannot believe how well this stuff works. And people keep coming back and buying it more and more of it because they try it in training and they freaking love it, man. One packet lasts an hour and a half, so you don't need that much. And uh, people, what always happens is people buy like a four-pack, which is the smallest um, uh, packaging of it that you can get. And then <laughs> they come back and buy 30. <laughs> Same email address. They're like, I need more of this. This stuff is crazy. And it's really cool. So that's on the right side of the page, Hornet Juice. Um, yeah, and uh, uh, I think I get about like 10, uh, maybe 20%. It kind of depends on how much you get uh, of what it sells for, and then that goes back into the show to help fund the show, which uh, is really, really cool. Emily doesn't get to touch it to go buy any of her girl stuff. It all goes to Zentri stuff, and <laughs> so you got to do it. And let's see, Sunto, um, let's see, the Ambit 3 is out, and it's a smartwatch with Bluetooth alerts, and... Let's see, donate his show, Hornet Juice. Oh, Amrita Health Bars. So Amrita's killing it out there. Really popular. I did the interview on the um, on the Amrita up, up and Coming podcast. I wonder if Arshad's got that out yet. And if you want to hear the history all behind, um, uh, you know, how Zentri got started and what the whole point of this show is, then you can go check it out over there and... Uh, Amrita bars, gosh, I think I've eaten two of them already this morning. Is amritahealthfoods.com, and honestly, they've got the coolest kit um, out there. And when you wear an Amrita kit, people constantly stop you and ask you um, uh, where that came from, where'd you get it, what are Amrita bars? The kit's really pretty. It's black, but with um, really bright, uh, like kind of rainbow kind of colors on a yellow and green and red. And it's really, really pretty. And they do um, jersey shorts, um, bib shorts, uh, socks, t-shirts, all that stuff. It's really pretty. Really pretty. I love wearing their stuff. I was in a meeting this morning. I was eating an Amrita bar. And the girl next to me broke out her camera and took a picture of the Amrita bar wrapper. 
um, so that she could um, have it on her phone so she could order it and know what it is without having to write down a whole bunch of stuff. She just took a picture of it. That's how striking it is and how good that she saw me just enjoying myself eating that thing. Okay, so let's go ahead and get started with the training log and make sure I'm not missing anything. If I missed anything, I'm sorry. We'll have it on the next show. I got to get this show out. Tawny is killing it in um, down in Kona. If you've missed... Um, if you're not a regular subscriber of Endurance Planet, you got to look at the past week's worth of shows. They are incredible. She's putting out a show or two a day, and she's just roaming around like a maniac down on the island and interviewing people left and right, and not just anybody, and not just fast people, but like the biggest name pros. I think she interviewed Maka, and did she interview Chris McCormick too? Oh my God, it's nuts. The access she's got to people is so cool. And so definitely check out some endurance planning. You'll love it. And I think that's it. All right, let's get started with the training log. Lots of fun in there. Here we go. You are entering the Zentrite training log zone. Kuneli. Hi, everybody. My name is Brett. I'm a triathlete. I'm a I decided it's time I got some friends more suited to my status. But Joe, we've been friends for years. Hey, we all make mistakes. Come on, dudes, let's go exercise. Exercise! Yeah! I'm going to do sit-ups till I poop myself. All right, welcome to a new training log. Start date, October 1st. 6 a.m. Let's turn on the Zentri Mobile Studios. I think this training log is going to be a little short. I'm going to try to cover stuff as fast as I can. i got to get a show out. <sighs> My pool is under maintenance. And I'm swimming at the neighborhood pool instead. The temperatures are just wonderful. No lane ropes, no lane lines, 25-meter pool. It's probably about five lanes wide if there were lanes. And so since there's no lane lines, it gets real choppy the more I swim. And stayed up late last night. Um, first recording the uh, 70.3 Worlds Championship podcast that we made while watching the NBC coverage with Tawny. And then, as you heard, I drank a cup of coffee at the beginning of it. So then, after it was over, I had plenty of energy to sit there and try to up uh, master it, master the audio, and then try to upload it to the interwebs, which failed overnight. So... I kicked it off again this morning on my way to the pool. Woke up a little bit late and trying to get to the pool and lots and lots of cool stuff going on. That interview with Vinny. I've been talking with Angela Nath by email, uh, trying to get her on a show to um, to talk about her, her Ironman win because I would say she was terribly struggling. She, she said she was struggling a little bit. I'd be, all of us would be really happy to have her times. But um, trying to nail her nutrition. And then she said that she started working with Jesse Kropelnecki. And um, of QT2 systems and the core diet. And that straightened her out. And that's what gave such a good race. So I'm trying to uh, arrange an interview with her about that and by the time you hear this it might have already happened and Austin 70.3 is getting closer and the Iron Baby 
is getting closer. And my training has taken a turn for the harder, faster, stronger, better. Um, so I have uh, some swimming tips for you. I was swimming this morning. And you can do this on the bike or on the run. Um, I was listening to an audio book. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Uh, oh, The Power of Full Engagement. That's what it is. And there's a, um, there's a little bit in there about polarized training. I don't ever think they say the word polarized, but interval training. Um, but it is the polarized training because they're talking about Northern Europe in the 1930s. That's when all this got developed, polarized training. And they're talking about energy levels for work and, um, and sports. And what they learned in sports, their athletic uh, mind coaches and fitness coaches, and they've taken it to the corporate world. And how um, you work on a project, what you should do, what people do, what people do wrong is they go to work and then they work and work and work and work and work and then they eat like crap and uh, they never take a break or not enough breaks. And then they have miserable lives at home and they die at their desk of a heart attack. And, or, you know, somewhere near that. And it's, uh, it's a terrible way to live. And what you do is you do like polarized training where you work and then you rejuvenate. Um, you work for an hour or two and then rejuvenate with a little break um, and eat right and relax, gather your thoughts and then uh, do it again. And again, this book is The Powerful Engagement. It's on audible.com. I don't read books much anymore. I listen to them on Audible. Um, that way I can learn while I'm driving or you know whatever I'm doing. And uh, um, what was so cool in the, in the book is they said something about polarized training that I'd never um, heard before. In the United States, uh, you European listeners are like, yeah, polarized training, yeah. Fartlet. Um, it's not really well taught over here or well understood because it was developed over there where you guys are. Over in Finland, I think, was the starting place. But anyway, the um, you do a hard interval and then you do complete aerobic recovery. Like, you come to a complete stop, walk. So like when I was swimming this morning, man, I would do an interval and it would tire me out and I would stand at the wall. If you stand waist deep, if, well, if you, you'll see a lot of people taking a break and swimming and they'll sit in the water up to their neck, even though the water's only waist deep, you know, they'll kind of be on their knees or, or squatting in the water because the water's holding up their body weight. That's actually a bad idea. Um, the water pressure is pressing down on your lungs and it's going to take longer for you to recover. Um, so what you do is you stand up in waist deep water and now your lungs are above the water line and they can expand and contract normally. And then if you need to uh, lean against the uh, wall, rest your upper body against the wall like on your elbows on the deck and recover like that and you'll recover a whole lot faster. But anyway, you can really do great interval work if you do complete aerobic recovery and take a complete break. And in this book, they were saying the same thing about that and work. And whatever projects you're working on, stressful thing, take a break and completely recover. And um, don't kind of half recover, completely recover, and you'll find your intervals or your work will 
be like really high performing. It's really amazing. So that's it. I got to go inside and shower and get to W to the ERK out. Oh man, I lost the thing on here. Where'd it go? <laughs> there it is. All right, out. Bang. All right, it's uh, Thursday morning. Did a nice trainer ride, and before I was getting on the trainer, and uh, and after I got off, the uh, taking a shower and cleaning up and stuff, I um, was listening to solving the procrastination puzzle. It's a good audio book. It's put on by a guy that does the Ant- the I Procrastination podcast, and he's a researcher. So he uh, God, the first chapter or two is really long. Because he's academic, he's got to credit everybody, you know. <laughs> so, anyway, um, but then when it gets into the meat of the stuff, there was something really cool. Um, you can flag a something that you say as as dangerous, and use that as um, as an alert, as a flag that oh, you better start working on something. If you say oh, I'll, I'll um, I'll work on it tomorrow, or it's not that bad, or it's not that big of a deal. You can train yourself to say that, to know that when you say things like that, that that's actually um, to trigger a behavior to get it done, to, to just get started now, and just get anything started now, kind of like priming the pump on something. Uh, we had these camping stoves when I was a Boy Scout called Whisper Lights, I think. You had to, you had to prime them a little bit. Uh, to get them to work, and that was a, a good analogy for me. Um, then they worked great, but you had to just get them rolling a little bit first. But I thought that was really cool um, because in the world of uh, endurance sports and working out and things like that, there's indicators, right? A, f- a flag that goes up. You're like, man, I'm I'm having to breathe hard when I climb these stairs. Oh. <laughs> Time to either take a break, or if you've not been training at all, time to start training. You know, and you you know that that's an indicator that you need to do something. So you can actually um, create this behavior that and if then if you say this, oh I'll do it tomorrow or oh blah 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 blah, then um, start working on it now. It's pretty cool. Anyway, uh, good stuff on the trainer today. Intervals are paying off. I'm now up to 440 watts or something like that. Uh, Peak watts doing intervals, which is nice. And that's it. Out there. All right. On my way to W to the ERK. Got um, cool adventures in triathlon this morning. You know, when I first started doing this podcast, my angle was, wow, I am doing something that, especially in my town, no one else seems to be doing. Um, well, not very, very few other people seem to be doing, and it's so fun and crazy, especially the, the wild hours that you do stuff at to get it done and fit it in with work, um, and the adventures that, uh, I wanted to share those all the time, these long bike rides off into the countryside, self-supported because you're trying to do, you know, TT style, um, out in the, uh. Uh, to simulate like a half Iron Man or an Iron Man. So while your buddies are out doing, if you even know people that are doing long bike rides, they're stopping constantly, you know, at every gas station, it seems like, and taking breaks. And um, Iron Man style, triathlon style, uh, non drafting, 
is not like that. You got to be able to just go and go and go and go without taking a break. And um, anyway, so there's all these crazy things that you do. So my latest crazy thing is got up this morning. A uh, regular pool is closed for maintenance for 10 or 12 days. And uh, so I'm swimming at uh, my brother-in-law's neighborhood pool. 25 meters long, probably five lanes wide, no lane ropes, no lines on the bottom. And uh, so it's this big uh, rectangle. It's almost a square. And uh, so uh, I swam a couple laps in it, and then I said, oh, yeah, I'm going to swim. The race is coming up. It's open water at Austin. I'm going to swim circles. So you kind of swim circles. You swim along the edge and then turn and swim along the edge and then turn. Of course, they're rounded edges, so it's not that extreme. But it's perfect for swimming. Um, it's perfect for practicing swimming around buoys and uh, for sighting and for yeah, turns. And, um, and then no pushing off of walls gives no breaks. So just like open water swimming. So I was swimming basically just swimming circles. And, and it's funny, you think that this is madness. It's the shortest track in the world, but it's actually um, not any different and maybe better than swimming uh, in a pool, just swimming laps back and forth 25 yards, you know? You would look at that, like that's, that's madness. Swimming back, turn, back, turn, back, turn, back, turn. It's ridiculous, you know, that you do that, but we just accept that as um, how, to, how to play the sport. I was almost say almost how to play basketball. It's very similar. <laughs> and uh, um, so, so many circles like that. And yeah, you, you start going along and within like one circle or two circles, you're like, oh man, this is, uh, this is a little rough, like not being able to take a break. And it teaches you pacing, like what it's going to be like open water swimming where you do not get to take a break to rest your shoulders. So what I would do is swim uh, clockwise uh, for a while. And then as I was starting to get really warmed up and feeling good, then I'd hammer out like a loop and a half of um, hard, like an interval, and then uh, then take a break and uh, take a sip of uh, fuel and rest and then turn around and go counterclockwise for a while. And then uh, as I got totally recovered and feeling good, and I'd hammer out a, a hard loop and then take a break. And uh, every once in a while, you get too close to the wall on a turn and you push off with your hand to the side, you know? And it's just like being in a, in a, a triathlon swim where you're having to fight for space and shove off of somebody to make that turn. So um, turned uh, lemons into lemonade with the um having to use this pool because the other pool is closed but it's great open water swimming practice so i'm down with it let me have a sip of my coffee here hold on had an amrita bar um amrita makes recovery bars that are chocolate flavor mm-hmm. a little bit of keurig coffee there and so I'm, I'm eating one of those. Got my green smoothie. Um, so I was listening to an episode of Buddhist Geeks, and it's a uh, it's a conference lecture thing. And the guy's a really good talker, and 
he it's a podcast Buddhist, Buddhist Geeks podcast and oh listen to Tony Prezak interviewing Crowy last night oh man that's so great and uh, it's cool he's, he's like an age grouper in a way you know he's got kids and they're going into school so he's like I can't travel as much and do these races um, you can find a way if you want it um, that bad you can find a way and travel to some races I, I think and work it around school and stuff but I don't know He's got three, three kids, so that's different um, than me and my one. So who knows? Really, you can't ever judge anybody else in their own position. But the, um, uh, <clears throat> what was I saying? Oh, this Buddhist geeks talk was really cool, and he was talking in a way. He was talking about polarized training, about going really easy and then and then brief periods of really hard. So he was saying, this is so cool. I was listening to this going, man, I got to talk about this. You, um, he was talking more about stress and happiness and things and work and that um, animals, humans on the Serengeti, uh, cavemen type, early man, early man um, are, are like uh, zebras. And you don't find, he was talking about this, somebody else had written this, uh, Zebras don't have ulcers. <laughs> and this is because if you get stressed in the wild, it's either um, it's either over really fast be- or you're dead. So there is no prolonged stress in the wild, um, usually. And this is because, let's say you're a zebra and you're walking along with your other zebra buddies and you're chewing on grass, everything's cool. All of a sudden, a uh, group of lions or hyenas jump out of the out of the grass and start chasing you and they chase you and this goes on for about a minute and then they uh they catch somebody and uh, and it's not you and so then you they, they eat bill and you're like oh crap bill's dead and then you go back to eating your grass right you go right back to uh trying to calm down and be and be cool again and um so it's brief moments or they got you and you're dead right so it's it's brief moments of high-intensity burst speed of stress, but then it's over. It's over, and you go back to just being relaxed and calm and waiting for the next high-intensity uh, stress event. So I'm listening to this while I'm running, and I'm like, man, you know, it really helps to have visualizations or uh, analogies that you can relate to um, to get a job done right because... The more you hear it from different angles, one of those angles like really clicks, and then uh, you get a big picture. But um, I'm working with somebody right now, trying to tell them, you know, you need to slow down while you're running. You don't need not to be going so hard. You have a tendency of going too hard uh, on your easy. And um, I'm like, man, I got to tell them about this. Be a zebra <laughs> that's just grazing on grass, right? That's what you're. That's how you should feel. You should feel super relaxed while running, um, and biking, and swimming. It's just super, 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 super relaxed. And then, when you decide that it's time to do an interval, do an interval like hell, you know. And it should take about a minute or two. And then, uh, when that interval's done, be like, "Oh crap, I lived." Let's take a break and relax and uh, be cool and just graze on grass like a zebra for a while until it's time again. And that's how easy you should be going is a wild animal, a grazing animal, 
uh, just grazing on grass and just being cool. And um, that that folds in nicely in line with um, that podcast I was talking about with stress. I guess it was that procrastination one with stress in that um, at work in that take long make 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 sure your work is um, easy and prolonged of of just nice uh, tasks that aren't too stressful. And then if you get stressed and you have to work on something, make sure you take a nice break afterwards and then go back to it. Um, and that's how you have a non-stressed work environment is lots of breaks and lots of easy. I saw this crazy thing where the UK or Germany Germany was uh, going to ban emails after work emails after like 5 or 7 o'clock p.m. <laughs> that's kind of awesome. All right. I got to go in. Later, out, bang. Ah, oh, wow. It's Saturday, the day of Kai's big birthday party. And this is why <laughs> most pro triathletes don't have kids or jobs. Because you can't be fast and deal with all this madness on a regular basis. And we only got one kid. I can only imagine this year-round if you had several. Um uh, let's see, got up this morning, well, yesterday, I, yesterday evening, I threw a hissy fit, which was probably low-carb related, when I realized I have this weekend and next weekend, and then it's, uh, got, uh, Austin, which I thought I had one more weekend, but anyway, because both these weekends have some ridiculous thing crammed in them, which makes them impossible to get real training in, and, uh, therefore, um, not going to get as good results in the race as I wanted to, and Emily, you know, tried to say, "Well, these things are important," and I said, "Listen, <laughs> I know they're important, but there's something important every weekend. Uh, there's always something important. Just like there's cake at school almost every freaking day at somebody's birthday, or a reason for cake, or a reason to get a trophy, or a reason for more cupcakes." or donuts, or whatever. It's just never-ending. Uh, it's every day is a reason to party and and not... Um, and, and it's, you know, it's like there's special stuff every once in a while. And for those things, you make sacrifices. And um, you, I think it's an affliction of modern society where we have so much wealth and so much luxury laying around where we think that we get a dessert with every freaking meal, you know, and, and now it's become that dessert is the meal, you know, Coke is, Coke was a long time ago, 50 years ago, 30 years ago, Coke was a a snack, a treat, Uh, actually Coke was a treat to treat upset stomach and uh, Dr. Pepper and uh, the, um, it's just constant just, uh, you know, special, special stuff. And then we wonder why we're, um, our health is just crap and, and, uh, uh, constant, uh, sugar and all this stuff. I'm going on a tangent again. So anyway, I said, um, I have not done a race since Ironman Texas in May. And this Austin race is a big deal to me. And actually up until these Two weeks, every time that anything has come up that's family, I've always done the family thing. And um, 
and I just needed these. I was planning on these two weeks to be um, uh, training weekends, you know, peak training weekends. And so I learned a lesson in that um, every year we get smarter, and then right when we're about to get so smart that it's actually useful, we die. <laughs> so um, I just pass it down to people is the best we can do. Um, that is, are uh, younger and hopefully will listen. Um, uh, what I'm learning is, let's say for Ironman Texas, that the I, I set down a rule that the, I don't know, four weekends leading up to Ironman Texas, Brett does not do any um, uh, you know family stuff that's going to take up half the weekend. Um, and... Just like three, those three weekends leading up to it, and then the weekend of that race, and then everything else is fine, you know. So I should have now, knowing what I know now, I because what, what's happened is, well, then the things that came up this weekend are things that I need to do though, and this is where becoming an age grouper is. Um, uh, this is why you just simply can't get in the hours with the job and with everything else because you can't move things around. Because uh, too many things are too rigid or too important. And so uh, let's see, this weekend, um, Saturday, today, I was going to train about four or five hours. And I found out that, no, we got to drive all the way to Conroe, which is an hour and 15 minutes, uh, to go to do Kai's pizza party at this big pizza crazy place. Uh, incredible pizza place, which I'll get to in a second. And, um, and then uh, turn around and drive back. So uh, we started this mayhem at about 11.30 and didn't get back until 5.30. And, um, but then it's, you got to do this because it's his 10th it's his birthday and it's huge and um, it's awesome and it's all of his friends and this is a really important time. I definitely remember when I was 9, 10 years old and it's the best time ever and your worldview starts really taking shape then and your view of your parents and um, so... Emily's like, well, you're not skipping out on this on this this weekend, and I go, no, not no, never, I never ever would. This is way too important. I just wish I'd thought of it. <laughs> you know, it just dawned on me yesterday that these are the two weekends leading up to the race, and I did, the reason I was so upset was there was no, there was no, um, there's no solution. It's uh, you're just gonna have to deal with it, and that's why I was mad. <laughs> I'm mad at myself, and. and Mad at the, mad at the arrangement of everything, and uh, and then I, this was last night, and uh, I just went to bed. I said, "Screw it, I'm going to bed," because <laughs> I must be, if I'm this grumpy, I must I must need to sleep, which I did, and then um, so I did get up early this morning, Saturday morning, and did intervals on the bike. And since I didn't have much time, I went for what's reliable. Um, because let's say I got out on the road and went riding and had a flat tire or a piece of equipment broke that I would have just been pissed beyond belief. Um, because now I only have this short window and, uh, now it's messed up. So I decided to ride on the trainer here where I get in quality. And if something breaks, like I have a flat tire or whatever, I can still keep going. I can, I have all the tools and equipment and, you know, a delay of 20 minutes. I got a second bike. I got a road bike. You know, um, I can do a lot here at home. And um, so I had this great ride on the trainer. And one thing I did notice is uh, another downside of um, 
of having really uh, tight, narrow training hours because you're an age grouper and you've got family and a job and all this other stuff is um, if I didn't feel like getting on the bike early in the morning. I, I was sluggish and uh, needed energy and just wasn't feeling it. And um, if you, let's say you didn't have a job and this was your career was training, well, you could just wait until you feel great. And you'd still have plenty of time to get in your three-hour ride. <laughs> but I don't have time to get in. I don't have time to wait to get in a three-hour ride. So I was just like, come on, body, come on. And then uh, finally it came online and felt better and uh, got on the bike about an hour later than I wanted to. But um, still... I hammered out uh, just over an hour of a uh, trainer ride doing intervals. And my style of training, oh yeah, I wanted to mention that, is um, really, really paying off. I'm seeing big jumps in power. Um, the other day, two days ago, I started cracking five, I broke through 500 watts on one of my intervals. And this time I broke through 500 watts at least three different intervals. And one time I hit over 550. I hit like 552 or 556 or something like that. Watts. 556 watts. And um, and had nice breaks in between. And had all the fuel and the water that I needed. And uh, the air temperatures dropped outside. So I had the window cracked open nice and big. And had a breeze. And uh, the... Um, uh, the thing, uh, we were driving home from the pizza place and I was listening to a podcast on my headphones while the boys were listening to Rush, Tom Sawyer and uh, on the car stereo and other rock music. And the, um, uh, oh, I was listening to Do You Try and, um, he was interviewing one of the top age groupers who's trying to go pro and the speed is just unbelievable that they're talking about that they're doing. And, um, he was asking, you know, how do you train people? Cause guys turn into a coach and the guy, uh, you know, he went through the usual, you know, well, we do this and we do blocks and periods, stuff like that. And, um, it made me think about the way that I train people. And over the years I've, figured out that really what's most important is you train what the person needs most. And it's um, it's a lot of times the opposite of what you'd think. And so what you do is you test them a little bit or you look at their recent uh, uh, workouts and uh, races. And it, so let's say, for example... If um, if you sent somebody out for an hour bike ride, right, something kind of shortish, medium, and you said go go uh, pretty hard, you know, or I don't know, like it, based on how hard you tell them, their resulting speed, let's say it's um, on pre pretty uh, level ground, and it's average conditions outside. If their speed's kind of low and it's only an hour ride. They need power work. They need intervals to make them stronger. And then let's say that their uh, speed's plenty high. Well, then um, their output's plenty high. Well, then they need uh, endurance work, you know. 
Um, same thing with uh, with running. If it's like go out for a go out for a jog uh, for uh, half an hour to forty five minutes to an hour, kind of depending. And uh, then you look at their results and like they're they're averaging a twelve minute mile. And you're like, man, what is going on? <laughs> but then that's a lot of weight base right there. You look at. But anyway, so you look at what knowing what you know about the sport. You look at what is. Um, their weakest link, and then you fix that. And then um, the other links get stronger a little bit while you're fixing the weakest one, and then you go on and fix uh, more and more and more things. So, um, and I'll, I'll come back to that in a minute uh, about coaching and, and training techniques. So, we do this pizza party thing, and Kai's got six other friends with him. Emily and I have to take separate cars to drive them there um, to fit them all in the car. And, um, and, yeah, hour and 15 minute drive. And then we get there and this place is huge. It's in Conroe, Texas. And I got to say the the quality of of uh class of people is interesting. <laughs> it always has been in Conroe. I've grown up around Conroe. And uh just everybody wants to look like they're in a motorcycle gang nowadays. It's pretty outrageous. Guys and girls for some reason. And then um the uh, uh uh, uh, the the inside of this place is a reflection of what's going on in modern society with um, consolidation of different things under one giant roof and a lot of risk with that and just a lot of amazement. This place had a, a, a indoors, all indoors, right? Because we don't want to go outside. <laughs> um, go kart, huge huge video game facility go-kart track, putt-putt track, bowling alley, ice skating rink, and like two restaurant size uh, pizza places and buffet. And I know I'm missing something. A 57 Chevy um, that you get your picture by. And it was all 50s themed. And if you... I, I don't understand how people work in one of these places um, without going absolutely insane from the noise of uh, bebop 50s over horrendously loud video games. So it was exhausting being there. And it's really nice uh, knowing what how stress works and knowing that I wasn't going to be able to get in a ton of training because um, – that drive there and dealing with these boys and then uh, driving back uh, was going to stress me out. And um, and then that sucks your energy down. And try to stay as relaxed as possible. And maybe when you get back, you can um, go for a run. And so I got back and went for a run. And I managed to run almost eight miles, um, uh, just under eight miles. And it was... Uh, an hour and 10 minutes. I didn't look to see what uh, pace that is. But I was running easier, and um, but fueling nicely because what I'm learning with uh, doing intervals every once in a while, interval workouts like once a day, is um, the amount of carbs you burn when doing high-intensity interval stuff is, is astronomical. And, oh wait, this thing's trying to connect to something. 
come back, um, is astronomical. And um, Angela Nath uh, told me via email that she did really, really well. Uh, she won this Ironman at Chattanooga by picking up the Jesse Kropelnecki um, core diet and training method, uh, which I'm assuming right now, based on what I know, means fuel like learn to fuel like crazy during the uh, workouts and during the race through during the race by fueling through your workouts getting used to that and then eating really healthy when you're not working out and um so i'm jogging along and i've got even though it's an hour and 10 minute run i probably had 400 calories in a water bottle um and then two other little side bottles on my hip and i'm just running along and it's uh it's nice though because i don't have to worry about running out of fuel and um and don't have to worry so much about um eating carbs afterwards cuz i ate them during and that's nice and um felt great like the entire way and then um i do, oh i do have a little bit of an issue um those intervals on the bike that putting out 550 watts <laughs> Plus, that's it. Like at 110 cadence, by the way, doing that interval work. Um, I seemed, I seem to have bothered my left Achilles tendon just a tad bit, and um, also I got a little bit of um, I wouldn't call it shin splints, but it's similar. Shin splints come from growing your calves uh, really fast, and it's pulling on the on the uh, muscles, or maybe not your calves, but your shin muscles. Um, but anyway, your lower leg muscles, some of them, uh, really fast and the, uh, the, um, uh, the sheaths and, and, uh, all that stuff around the muscle and the, the skin and I don't know if it's the skin, but the encasement on your legs, the stuff that doesn't stretch as fast with the growth, uh, hurts. So that's what shin splints are. So I got some kind of very mild version of that in my left leg and also in my lower back a little bit, um, just the tiniest, tiniest bit. Oh, in my upper back too. Um, the strain of putting out that kind of watts is uh, is uh, hurting just a little bit. Um, anyway, so uh, while I'm running, because I'm not going to do intervals, because I want to have a nice training day um, tomorrow, um, so I'm just running easy. Is uh, I'm listening to more of Anti Fragile which is a very intellectual book about it's audiobook on audible.com. And, um, some things I think I talked about in the last podcast, some things are better agitated and like, uh, physical fitness. Uh, you get more physically fit due to disruption and stress. And it's just really, really nice listening to that book and different viewpoints on things on how things work. And the one I really like is, um, <laughs> Where he's talking about birds don't need uh, ornithologists, which is our, our bird experts, um, bird scientists, uh, to teach them how to fly. They don't need Harvard professors to explain to a bird how to fly. Um, birds know how to fly. They do it by trying, and then they start flying. They're built that way, and they do it excellently, most excellently. And in this guy's experience of being a stock trader, the uh, people that are really down in the uh, pits 
doing stock trading or whatever really don't know that much about about the things that they're trading. They just know how people like to trade. And um and don't con- uh there's a couple other good ones. Um wealth uh education does not actually create wealth every single time. A lot of times wealth creates education. And that's actually something I knew about that in uh uh older society you know, the uh, the world a little bit previous to this modern one, your wealthy gentleman was the uh, educated person because he had enough money where he didn't have to work, and so he your Renaissance man uh, had managed to make enough money through his family, and maybe maybe women were doing this too, um, where they didn't have to work, so they um, had the luxury of getting educated, and then through that education. Uh, um, well, through that money and time, they got educated. It wasn't the other way around. You didn't go and get educated first and then make money. You went and made money by by being a man of the street and figuring out something. Like a bird knows, a bird figures out how to fly. And the um, the merchant makes a makes money because he figures out um, that. People want this one thing, and he figures out where to get it and how to sell it. And through experience and exposure, um, learns how to make money, not by being taught in a classroom how to make money and then go try it, because theory does not work um, in the real world. Um, It's nice, but uh, it doesn't actually work very well. And um, they thinking thinking that it does is like being in a boat and looking at the compass and thinking that the compass steers the boat. Um, the compass is steering the boat when it's not. The boat is going where the boat goes, where you steer it, and then the compass reflects it. So this guy, you know, he's on the warpath against um, being overly educated that actually street smarts um, produce uh, education. And I have to say, uh, I agree with a lot of what he's saying. But um, anyway, so to back to training and training methods, um, a lot of people think that training a certain way will turn them into the athlete and because they look at an athlete who's, who's training a certain way and they go, well, I got to do that when it's not exactly the case. Probably in most cases, athletes are just simply athletic and they're phenomenal. And um, they're training whatever way they like. And then after the fact, uh, people are going, oh, well, if I train like that, well, then I'll become an athlete. No, the thing is, is just straight up become an athlete. And then um, your training is part of what you do. <laughs> so it's like the other way around. And, um, and that's what I was saying well, after all these years of coaching people that the way that seems to work is, is you don't apply a training system to somebody. You look at somebody and figure out what do they need to do to become an athlete. Um, where are they lacking? Their weakest link. And then you fix that. A lot of times it's not even that. It's not physical. It's mental. You know, it's a mindset. Like why do you why do you think you can't 
go long or why do you think you can't be fast? Okay, we need to fix that. And then now you're motivated enough to train. And then you could you could train any, there's a, a million different ways to train to become a better runner. And you could just pick one, but now you're motivated and you think you're an athlete and then you do it. And then you become better. You'd become better um, uh, with any work is basically what I'm saying. And um, it's just, and so don't really credit that style of work. Anything would have worked to make you better. Um, so that was uh, really nice listening to that. Again, that's anti-fragile. And now my left leg, uh, my shin hurts a little bit here, and I'm hiding away from these, these crazy freaking kids that are in the next room watching the Lego movie, which is a great movie. And I've got the dogs the two dogs and the cat in here with me trying to hide as well and find some quiet. And uh, tomorrow's looking like um, uh, a big day. I was just thinking about at, at work we had a health screening and I set off the alarm on the uh, heart rate, the tick blood pressure and heart rate. And uh, my heart rate was too low and I said, oh, I'm a, I'm athletic, and she just, you know, blinked at me, and I go, I'm a triathlete, it's like swimming, running, and biking, and then she looked at me again, she goes, oh, okay, <laughs> it was 43, and that was after having, you know, two cups of coffee, and working out that morning, and, uh, you know, being at work for, getting up at 4.30 a.m., and then being, working out, and then being at work for an hour, and then hour and a half, and then getting my blood pressure, my blood stuff done. Uh, my heart rate was still only 43, which was pretty, pretty nice. Um, and then, um, but they put me on a scale and I weighed 187 and that pissed me off. And I think that led to some of the stress yesterday where I was like, I was thinking that I was um, gaining weight and getting out of shape or something stupid like that. And uh, I got on the scale this morning and I was 181. <laughs> so, um, you know, by the time you eat and hydrate and all that other stuff and then, uh, uh, you got on your work clothes or shoes and whatever in your pocket, then it uh, really starts pounding on the weight. Literally, get it? Oh, so, oh, I think that's it. I'm going to um, gonna hit the sack. All right, everybody stay safe. Out, bing. All right, getting in the Zentri Mobile Studios, leaving the neighborhood pool. If you're any metal crashing sounds, that's the the two kids in the parking lot here learning how to ride their bikes so um just a while ago got off the phone with Arshad from Amrita Health Food Amrita Bars and did a nice over, longer than an hour long podcast all on the history of Zen and the Art of Triathlon and using Zen to um, shape your life and I caution against saying making your life better, even though it does. Uh, it's uh, it's more up to you and what you use it for. And uh, you don't want to ascribe, prescribe. Uh, I got these kids hovering right behind my car. I could just back over them by accident. You guys need to learn some bike safety, yo. Um, Zen is too big of a thing 
for you to tell people how it's going to work. It's just a thing. You know, it's like a truck. I don't need to tell you how to use it. How you use it's up to you. It can do many, many, many things. Um, many good things. And let's see. Um, oh, did a, uh, a light, nice long interview with Arshad, which was really cool. And I highly recommend you go check it out. I was really enjoying the talk that we were having. It was really nice. And then also um, did a three-hour ride this morning. And my numbers were probably the best that I've ever done for a three-hour ride, I guess. Um, they're good. Really, really good. And uh, one watt higher than last time. <laughs> Hey, but if every time I, I've been for hundreds of rides, if I got one watt wire, one watt higher every time, I'd be at five million watts by now. Five million watts. Um, and even though my average mile per hour is a little bit slower, my uh, watts was higher, which and my cadence was higher, which goes to show you that um, we had a big temperature drop, and when the air gets colder, it gets denser, and it's harder to slice through. And, um, which shows you the upside of having a power meter. It actually shows you how much work you did. And I averaged a little bit higher work than last time. And that's, um, coming off of, uh, the day before doing like intervals really hard on the bike. So, um, that's a really, really good sign. Cause if I just looked at miles per hour, I'd be like, Oh, I was slower. I suck. I'm getting worse. But no, the Watts were higher. So that's good. And, um, one thing that I'm getting smarter about, Arshad and I talked about this, um, how I'm always trying new stuff, is I've decided that a thing to focus on is making sure... One of the reasons my fueling doesn't work out is I bet I'm not drinking enough water with all that fuel. Because one of the things that Kropelnicki talks about, about training yourself to uh, take down a whole bunch of fuel, some of that training isn't training your gut it's training your mind uh, there's easy there's easy things to fix kind of like transitions are an easy place in triathlons to uh, learn to save time without having to burn any more calories <laughs> um, you can shave five minutes off your triathlon time of whatever by uh, whatever distance by doing better at transitions and that takes zero you know muscle strength or improvement um, so you can really train your gut to, you can train yourself to uh, absorb more calories so you have better workouts by drinking the appropriate amount of water with your fuel. <laughs> and uh, I had a little bit of a low spell on my ride, and then I thought, um, up the water, up the water, um, dilute that, whatever's in your gut. And and I purposely went into this ride um, looking to increase the water anyway. So I was ready for it. And when I started to kind of get a little sluggish and not quite feel as amped as I did before. Here comes a motorcyclist, no helmet. And hi, I've got a death wish. Um, wasn't quite feeling as amped and my heart rate was starting to drop a little bit even though I was trying just as hard I was like that's probably uh, 
uh, you're not absorbing the calories in my yeah did I say my stomach hurt a little bit I think I did and uh, said uh, add water to dilute your calories so your body can absorb them better and bam I had a big turnaround in energy and finished out stronger again you can see it on the graphs of of my power and my watts and my cadence like everything uh, turned around heart rate everything came back up and you know it's only a difference of uh, five ten beats but that's a breaking point of, of really okay performance versus great performance and oh plus it was windier today I was riding into a strong headwind at times so that'll really slow you know um, and then when I got off the bike I felt fantastic that's what Rashad and I were talking about and we're now looking at I took a little break did my interview with Arshad and we um, uh, been eating a little bit higher carb because today is a big day if I do everything right I'll do five hours in one day and I uh, feel great doing it because that's um, three hours on the bike one hour in the pool that I just did and then after dinner tonight I might run an hour and then tomorrow I can take a very easy day because I already swam today instead of tomorrow. And when I got to the pool, there's these two uh, like 14-year-old boys that have broken into the pool. They've climbed over the fence and they're throwing a football and stuff. And then they could tell I was going to get in. And they go, uh, hey, mister, that water is really cold. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I think they were, and I know for a fact they were waiting. They're watching me. Um, to see how long I'd stay in. I jumped in and I swam for an hour. <laughs> I think they gave up on me for a while. And uh, it was nice. Really, really, really nice. Love the triathlon lifestyle. It's good stuff. All right, that's it. I'm at my house. I'm going to have a snack, do some coaching, and um, have some din-dins and plan out next week, make some lists. Oh, and... Uh, yeah, and then run tonight, and then we'll have a five-hour day. I'll do more in one day than my race coming up, which is um, a really good equivalent, uh, uh, da, 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 what do you call it, equivalent um, estimator, um, mind training. You know, you do if you do a little bit more in training than you do in your race, then you're not really that worried about race day. You can actually have a lot of fun. And also, I'm listening to the James Altucher show, Altucher show with uh, interview with Scott Adams. Or Adam? Is it Scott Adam? Anyway, the um, the guy the guy who's behind uh, who started does the Dilbert cartoons, and if you don't know it, Scott Adams is actually a really 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 smart guy, and um, with a really cool perspective on life, and he's done a lot of things besides Dilbert, and is uh, a real forward uh, looking thinker, and it's interesting. Um, to hear an interview with him he at one time uh, for example uh, he at one time lost his voice and he trained himself to speak again because he figured out there's this weird um, I don't know if it's a virus but it's a weird quirk you can get where your brain decides that um, you've forgotten how to speak and you just it's kind of like uh, Bell's palsy where where all of a sudden you wake up one day and half your face is all uh, loose and, and uh, numb and not working right. Well, you wake up one day and your voice doesn't work. Um, and then 
he trained himself to speak again. I remember when all this was going on, when he had this condition. Um, all he could do was write, so he wrote a lot on his blog, and it was really neat. Um, he had, he, at one point, by accident, he figured out that he could hum, right? Um, like a uh, children's tune. And that's so, uh, a nursery rhyme. That's so ingrained in your head, these nursery rhymes, like... Um, Three blind mice, like and um, or London Bridge is falling down might be the one I think he was talking about, and he was like, "Holy crap! I can actually hum. That's using my vocal cords. Um, I'm. It's something. It's kind of like stuttering, where if um, people." Uh, people that stutter can do can actually talk plainly if it's like rhythmic sometimes. I don't know. I'm not a stutterer, so I don't know. Um, but it's it's weird. Like you can override the brain's trip up system by doing things that are more burned into the brain, and uh, the, the brain doesn't sense as hard or or as the same thing. It senses it as different, so it's okay with it. And so he learned uh, he he learned he could hum, which is using his vocal cords, and then he figured out. After a while, and that was a big relief. Like he was really excited about that. Um, imagine having to be in silence for um, all, for a year or something. And then he uh, figured out that he could say things if he hummed them to a tune. So he could say, um, "I'm going to my house," but he go, "I'm going to my house." But as long as it, it was almost like he was humming it because he could hum. It, so he could hum it to a tune um, because that wasn't talking. <laughs> Isn't that weird? And then over time, he got to the point of where he got control of his voice back. So he fought back and beat this crazy thing by outthinking it. And that's Scott Adams. It's a real inspirational guy. And um, the interview's really good. It's like an hour long. I've been really, I've listened to it twice because it's so full of interesting viewpoints on things in life. So, go check it out. All right, out, bang. Hello, I'm back. It's lunchtime on Monday. I can drive to my house and go have lunch instead of uh, buying lunch. Trying to save a little bit of money here. Got races coming up and things are expensive and not getting any cheaper. So, I'm uh, really happy with today. Because in spite of doing five hours of training yesterday, um, if I did that normally, I'd be pretty much a mess on Monday. Uh, work and I'd just sit there and stare at my computer screen, uh, trying, trying to get moving, and then also really frustrated, which really miserable because you want to do things and you just don't have the energy to do them, and. The uh, big change was more hydration during my workouts and also between workouts, uh, focusing on making sure I drink uh, more water. And then, and that's uh, during the workout, and uh, that's definitely 50% of it. And then um, making sure I ate a little bit more carbs. Especially post-workout, that half-hour magic window. Sit there and eat ice cream until I don't want to eat anymore. And weight did not go up. I actually 
stayed exactly the same and actually went down a pound, but I figured a little bit that's dehydration. So roughly uh, exactly the same uh, this morning and then um, at work. Um, in spite of feeling worked out, like having to catch my breath a little bit kind of here and there because I'm, I'm, I worked out a lot, but not feeling exhausted and tired and miserable because I got stuff to do and I can't do it which is a nice change so again hydrating better during the workouts is a big piece between workouts very small piece and then um, eating more uh, especially carbs during after and around uh, workouts being more conscious of that yeah, I feel really, really great. So that's a uh, big change. It's nice. Nice, nice, nice. So all right, I'm going to go in and eat. I'll be back in a minute. Out, big. All right, I'm back. Let's go ahead and wrap up this show with a few little things. Oh, getting closer to Austin, 70.3. It's on October 24th. Um, my big day on Sunday, five hours of training. Uh, yesterday did no training. You can hear the diesel grinding away, thumping away next to me. I used to drive a diesel car. Squirrel moment. And the uh, uh, um, so yesterday nothing, and then this morning it's Tuesday morning. Getting on the bike and trying to train. I had plenty of energy to get up. You you, uh, you can tell how recovered you are by how late you sleep in. And I didn't sleep in at all. Um, I was up at like four thirty. Um, pretty much awake and then got on the bike after a while and then trying to get going um, watts power was down a little bit which is an indicator of um, of how uh, hold on trying to make it through traffic of how fatiguing the uh, big day was and oh yesterday I was hungry like all day long and I could have eaten probably a little bit more and then I would have recovered better and then had a better workout this morning. So I was kind of about 90%, 95% of what I should be. Um, my numbers did not go up, which means I was still a little bit fatigued. And I could have skipped my workout. And then that's, but I only had so much time and I got things to do, which is your dilemma of being an age grouper, you know. Um, ideally, would have slept in even more and done a bike workout around lunchtime or something like that. But anyway. Um, and then I would have been refueled better and, and better to do it, but I don't have lunch time to do it because I got meetings and all kinds of work crap. And um, so anyway, you can use your metrics, you know, to see how recovered you are. Um, and if you're measuring stuff, then you know. That's why you measure stuff. So you know. Now you know. No one's half the battle. And the uh, the other thing was yesterday, I was talking to my buddy Morgan. And we were just throwing around ideas, and um, together we were kind of like, man, you know what, uh, Brett, me, I ought to, I ought to do like official office hours for people to call me, and uh, we can do like the hour-long uh, therapist <laughs> for triathlete uh, phone calls, and um, and I can uh, sit down with you and 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 uh, talk over all your problems for an hour. And then pricing's difficult, right? So 
you got to settle on a price that feels good to you and feels, uh, you can do all this market research or you can just try a price and, uh, statistics show that it doesn't really matter one way or the other. Um, uh, you can do tons of research and still get the wrong price. So do what you feel is right. And so, um, $50 for an hour, um, seemed a little bit too low after I started thinking about it. And then, um, a hundred dollars seemed too much. And so I said, well, how about in between? How about 75? So that's how I came up with that number. <laughs> but anyway, what modern technology does is it allows us to leverage things unlike ever before. And, um, half the modern technology I'm talking about, and here's a female runner looking good. Do I know her? Yeah, I know her. She's a fan of the show. She looks good. And, um, Half of the technology is that with mobile cell phones, we can conduct a phone call anytime, anywhere. And oh, somebody just pulled right in the middle of the intersection and they shouldn't have. And that's really cool because I'm going to Tyler this weekend. Um, but I'll have my cell phone and we can do a phone call. And then the other part of technology is with Google Calendar and uh, the internet and web pages, I can put up um, when is it, uh, when am I available to do some of this? And, um, on weekends, typically in the middle of the afternoon, like early afternoon, I've gone and done a long ride or a long run or something like that. And it's kind of hot in the middle of the afternoon, early afternoon. So I'm trying to just chill out and relax, but I still love to talk triathlon. And, um, that's perfect for me, right? For this weekend. And, um, I've been doing the sport so long <laughs> and I'm such a student of the sport and also I like to talk about it and also I don't judge and a lot of times when people um, want to uh, come up with ideas you just need to listen to them and talk with them and and uh, then you you use all your expertise of different solutions that's being an expert is um, knowing that everybody's different and then being well versed in all the possibilities so like a doctor knows all the different types of drugs and all the different types of treatments and different types of therapies that could work and then they select a mix and match of the best ones for that patient and hold on coffee instead of just uh, one type of method you know that's your guru that's uh, hey this one thing will fix everybody well that's not true so that's why somebody that's been doing something for a long time and has been watching lots of people is a really good um, uh, consultant or person to talk to, a therapist in a way. And so I'm calling it Zen Chat Office Hours. And we can uh, fix a lot of your stuff. It's really cool because my family heritage is that my, my great granddad was a very famous uh, psychologist uh, in the United States, one of the first ones in the United States. And then my whole family has got, it seems like has degrees in psychology and I love it. Oh man, when I took psychology in college, it was so cool. And I almost could have gotten a minor in that thing. It was awesome. But anyway, the, uh, and also all the Zen training of, um, how to tackle life's problems um, applying it to triathlon for all these years. Uh, you can go get trained. You can go to classes and learn about something or, and or, you can do it for real and really apply it and see what really works. 
and it's like that whole thing with uh, teaching birds how to fly. You know, you can you can look it up in theory and <laughs> diagram it all you want, and but then when you actually really try it, it's totally different. And uh, I'm very much a real world person. I've definitely totally tried it, and I've been coaching for years. I've seen it all, crazy stuff, all ages, uh, both genders. I'm about to say all genders, both genders. Um, lots and lots of solutions that work, lots of stuff that doesn't, uh, nutrition, like all that stuff, scheduling, family stress. So anyway, uh, I posted on my website, my email, texafornia at gmail.com. And if you look at one of my recent blog posts from this week, you'll see um, a link to a uh, Google calendar where it shows um, hours that I'm available and can help you out. And, And in my little blog post I made about it, I said, you know, um, so many people have helped me out, and by now, I'm lucky. I've got a really solid grasp on what works and what doesn't, and um, I'd like to help help other people um, get it done too. It's uh, so, being a well balanced triathlete is such a wonderful thing, and if we could, man, if we could get half the world like this, it'd be so fantastic. Uh, and just this morning, for example. I got an email from Julie in the Gold Coast of Australia asking about saddles, and she said she really likes uh, these twin nose, um, short short twin nose uh, uh, saddles. I forgot a better way to describe them. And she's looked at the John Cobb just off the front, J-O-F, um, uh, saddles. Sorry, I was having a flashback. Um, and the, uh, and, but they're so expensive. They're 250 something dollars for one. And, uh, do I have any tips and advice because she's a donor to the show. And, and I've always said, if you donate to the show, you get all the free advice you want because <laughs> it's not free anymore because you've donated. But the, um, the thing is, like I've said, so many years of experience in this business, I've actually been to John Cobb's, um, warehouse in Bullard, Texas, where he had the big red truck, and this thing went bankrupt after a while. Um, he was using uh, Bullard, Texas, which is just south of Tyler, as his uh, shipping distribution point because he figured that was pretty much in the center of the United States. And um, and then he built a bike store in Tyler, which I've been to, and then the whole thing went belly up because Tyler is not into, uh, it's barely into cycling, and it's and it's uh, and that's not to say there aren't some kick-ass cyclists in Tyler. Tyler's awesome for cycling. The hills are just incredible. It's beautiful, and the people that know about it and that do it there are awesome. It's just it's hardly anybody compared to other cities like say San Diego, and the um, and even the toll road on the south side of the of the of the town, they had to fight because drivers were jealous that cyclists were out there and uh, managed to ban them from this freaking road that has like no cars on it and a huge shoulder, you know, and so that's the culture there. And so this whole business of, of uh, John Cobbs kind of went uh, belly up and he's, he's uh, his main guy got into a really bad car wreck, um, no, on his bike, hit by a stoner um, and nearly killed him. And so business just got really rough and really tired, uh, really tired, really bad for a little while. And he, um, I think he maybe filed for bankruptcy or something. I don't know. I don't want to say all that stuff because I don't really know. 
um, but then kind of disappeared for a little bit and then came back with, um, he's a, he's a guru in, um, uh, even though I just said, uh, <clears throat> not the best things about gurus. He's a genius about, um, aerodynamics and comfort and fit for cycling. Um, he was Lance Armstrong's aerodynamics guy. And it, when I went and visited the bike shop, he had um, some of Lance's uh, earlier uh, bikes from the from the tours and from the time trials and such. And that was really cool to see. So he um, his saddles. Uh, he kind of reinvented himself lately into the into the saddle business, and uh, um, it appears. And he is doing a uh, well. His saddles can cost a lot. <laughs> Right, so this Julie is like these saddles are like two hundred fifty bucks. Okay, so I know a lot about John Cobb and and um, and his saddles are very 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 good. But there's this um, other uh, way to do saddles uh, that are very similar and or other brand, and it's ISM, and they are. Um, I've got the ISM Prologue. She asked what I knew, and I'm like, man, do I know? Um, I've had uh, several ISMs and uh, several John Cobb saddles, and the ISM that I use is retail 184, and um, I'm like, well, you could probably find it for 150 is probably what I paid for mine. So, um, and so I sent her a link, and I said, by the way, go to the web page, and here's a link to the web page, and they do a uh, from uh, an above view looking down on all these saddles so you can see how narrow they are, how long they are, and then also click on a description of the saddle and it'll tell you how well padded they are. And that's good to know for like how far you're going. If you're doing an Ironman, you want a, you want a nice padded one. And um, they do all the measurements, measurements and dimensions. And this is all really good stuff. And your saddle is so important. And so... Um, the ISM brand and website is my favorite currently as far as, um, as you know, picking out a saddle as much as you can uh, to get an idea of what might work for you. And so I sent that to her. And again, that's the, uh, that's, we're just talking about uh, one person in saddles and like all the all the uh, years of exposure I've had to this stuff and how I can help you out. And uh, she sent me back an email and I got a reply back to her. <laughs> um, uh, I don't even know what it says yet, but I saw I got one back from her. So um, we'll see we'll see where this takes us with the saddles. And I think that's it. So um, I got to get going. I got to get into work and get some stuff done. I want everybody to stay safe out there. Um, if you if you want a little bit of one-off coaching for an hour phone call, definitely go check out zentrathlon.com and look at the schedule. And I'm happy to do it. I love to talk triathlon and give solutions. I think everybody should be able to do this stuff uh, comfortably and fun and well and happy and healthy. And there is a way. So let me know and uh, reserve your spot so that we can do a talk. And I think that's it. Everybody stay safe out there. Keep the rubber side down. And... Work the uphills, cruise the downhills, out. Of the-